Bizarre noises at this point. Loud noises! Back again. I'm excited. I'm always excited for every special guest I have on the Sketch Show Show podcast. And this one, we go so far back. The way we met was DJs meeting other DJs in a club, going to see another big DJ. And that's how we came together. This guy's been in my life for quite some time. He's like my brother. You know, he's just uh, he's a few years younger than I am. And we've seen a lot of shit together. We've grown up and uh, traveled together. And he's always had my back. My special guest has the illustrious DJ career. He's been on Larry King, on CNN. Wow. He's DJed all over the world. He's DJed for big corporate events. I mean, the list goes on and on. We're going to get inside the mind of my special guest today. But before I do that, I'd like to thank you for being here on the Sketcho Show podcast. Thank you! Man, I didn't think it was going to last this long, folks, to be honest. Uh, I thought I was going to get up to big boy and just call it a day and hang it up for the rest of my life. But... Something kept calling me back, and I wanted to keep bringing some more content to the folks listening to this podcast, all 12 of you, and I appreciate I love all 12 of you listening to this podcast, so thank you so much. Okay, without further ado. Thank you! Making his debut, please welcome DJ Splice. Splice! Oh my God! What an incredible intro. I don't know how I'm sitting in the chair. I'm squirming in the chair. I can see. (laughs) I got to tell you, you know, how excited I am to be here. Can I just tell you how long I've been wanting to do this? You are magnificent at this. Um, I do feel like for you, this is like almost like an undiscovered talent, but it's not undiscovered because it's always been there. The talent has been there. The platform is here for you now and you're doing it. And I really feel like this is something special. And when I listen to your podcasts, I know that I want to keep listening. Yeah. You know, it's like when the podcast ends, I want it to keep going. Thank you, man. Thank you. No, I know you've always showed me uh, unwavering love and support, Splice. And I I do appreciate you. And I wanted to have you on earlier, but I will say that I'm glad I waited a little longer because, well, for one, your birthday's coming up. That's right. And I wanted to get this podcast closer to your birthday, Mr. Pisces over there. One of the coolest, if not the coolest signs of all the signs, Zodiac signs. Yeah, the Pisces sign is pretty cool. Yeah. It's a fish. Yeah. You're just a slippery motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) but thank you so much splice for those kind words i do appreciate you uh, taking the time to drive over here and you know come visit me at the radio station at iHeartMedia in burbank just we haven't seen each other in quite some time man you know it's it's been obviously because of covid we were all separated but i've seen you here and there Uh we celebrated 2020 together in new year's uh in san San diego Diego. on a yacht party yeah which who would have known yeah who would have known the the unforeseeable future that followed just it was like just a few months before so wild right yeah we've had so many crazy adventures together you and i sir endless but i uh, before we get into the 
DJing and the adventures. I, I want to. Is there anything? I see that you had something written down there on your phone, and you were reading from your phone. Did you actually take the time to write those beautiful words to me? Yes, I did. Wow. I did because I am going to be honest. I was a little nervous because Aww. I was excited to be here, a little nervous to be here. But I, I wanted to make sure that I got those words out correctly because that was important to me. Because I really do mean it from the heart. I feel like when I've you know, seeing you in action, it's like a master at work. I feel like you're a genius at what you do. I feel like there are people that stand out and they are exceptional at what they do. And I feel like anything that you've put your mind to, and especially with audio and music, it is just incredible and in some ways life-changing for a lot of people in more ways than you know, just because it has a bigger impact than when you get into it and you do it like you do as often as you do. Um, it starts to become, I wouldn't say mon- monotonous, like tedious. Monotonous. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's monotonous. Monotonous. Yeah, yes. Uh, but it it's, it doesn't maybe give you the same kind of thrills. But for the listener and for oh, I the audience, yes. that's the point I'm trying to make is mm. that like you get used to how good you are, right? After a while, right? And maybe you start to forget how good you are. It's, so like, driving. People, it's like driving. It's like driving. It is. I can edit like with my eyes close or when I open, you know, I, I can, I, like Dave Chappelle said, he's so good at writing jokes, right? He could write them backwards. I can produce backwards. Like I started produce pod, my podcast backwards. Right. It's easier to start at the end and go backwards, right. which is bizarre because now I feel like I'm doing something that I never knew I could. And I'm not even thinking about it while I'm editing it. Usually I'm just kind of think I'm drifting off in my, you know, when you're driving, you're thinking about other things, you're still driving, you're actually multitasking. Absolutely and that's right. one of the few multitasks I can do is edit and think about my miserable life at the same damn time. <laughs> the thing. I think that you're doing it on so many levels because I have such a deep history with audio and yeah. radio. It's yeah. been uh, 20 plus years in audio and radio. So I've seen so many people do it, but I haven't seen so many people do it at the level and talent that you naturally have, but also have worked at and built up Right. and also where you are. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this market, right. this place LA. is I know. hard yeah. to get to. I mean, brutally hard, cutthroat hard. Uh, percentile of a percentile to be able to get scintilla. in here. Scintilla. Scintilla is where you're at. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's the part we have to really appreciate. What's interesting about what you said, let me go back to what you said at the beginning when you wrote those kind words to me. The undiscovered talent. And what you said, it's not undiscovered because no, I've not. had the talent uh, in place, but I've applied my talent into an uncharted territory, which is podcasting. Right. And that's the reason I got into podcasting was basically because I got the iPhone 13. I had to upgrade. I went from iPhone 7 to 13. I time traveled in the sense of iPhones, right? Right. And when I got it, I I, I came with a free subscription for Spotify. And I was like, all right, well, let me check out Spotify. And that was the first time I listened to Joe Rogan. And it was was Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead, Uh, who was on it. And I I was like... Sucks. taken by just the conversation. It was so compelling, and it wasn't like Stern. Stern is more satire. It's more entertainment. It's more of a radio show, uh, you know, bringing you all these different regulars, Benji, Gary, all right. the people involved. Big Boy's Neighborhood is the same thing. You have all the, you know, it's a show show. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not knocking Rogan. It's just his is not designed to be ha 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 he he every every few seconds right it's a it's a deep conversation and when i heard him spitting all these crazy knowledge facts i was like man this is now i'm not trying to do all that i'm trying to combine best of both uh, both the conversation of podcasting and radio combined like a hybrid type of podcast and that's where i got into it but 
yeah, I was able to apply the talents that I've learned through the many, many, many decades I've had in radio since I was, you know, what, 19 years old? Earlier than that, since I was at KXLU, uh, Loyola Marymount, 88.9. I was DJing at 16 years old on the air. But all that learning, all that, and mind you, Lest anyone think the grass is always greener in L.A. and radio, it's not. I, it took me a lot of bumps and bruises and failing and, and self-destruction. You were there for that, Splice. Uh-huh. It wasn't easy. You know, I, I was a major alcoholic. I was doing a lot of party favors. And every time I would essentially get fired was because of my own doing. It wasn't because of my work. It was never because of the work. It was always because... You you're showing up late to work, sketch, and you live across the street. What the fuck? Right, you know, like right. it's it's unacceptable. So I was I had to learn and grow out of that. And then once I became sober after my mom passed, around twenty what? Well, a few years later after my mom passed, but jumping to the point of sobriety and applying my skills of radio and really honing in and trying to just do that. Just trying to just keep it focused. You're sober. You don't smoke. I right. mean, you drink every, what? Every Haley's Comet. Yeah, twice a year. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Shot. You'll look at it and get drunk. <laughs> and the fact that you don't drink, Big doesn't drink. I started looking at all the people around me that don't do drugs or don't drink. And they're what do what I do. They're in entertainment. You're a DJ. You know, Big's on the air, et cetera, et cetera. And I was able to kind of like pivot and learn from all of you guys and go, well, if, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. So I'd like to thank you for giving me a bit of that inspiration, being a part of that That's inspiration, super cool. you know, That's super, super cool. Yeah. And, and listening to you list off a bunch of people yeah. as well shows that you're looking at like the big picture. And when I think about it, a lot of my closest, closest friends, yeah. my, my inner circle of people are not heavy right. drinkers or drug users or anything like that. Uh, but I'll say that living in LA is like, there's a part of it that's like living in the fast lane. Oh, and that's time. one thing that not yeah. everyone is going to understand, especially not just being in LA, but being in entertainment mm-hmm. of any kind in LA is really like a high pressure of living in the fast lane. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we're not seeing to, to you know, maximize and push their, their abilities. Mm-hmm. But, it's not always it's not always the healthiest thing, right? Um, but also with you going back to just podcasting and how good you are, part of it is just you being you, naturally being you, and you're being the you that I've known for what fifteen plus years. So sober, sober ish. But it's cool I still because smoke weed. this you is like the gift that I've known and seen, and all of our time hanging out, it's been this, and then now you're on a podcast. So you're not putting anything on; you're being yourself yeah. and sharing it with the world, and it's like. It's 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 a, a thrilling thing to Thank see. Thank you, man. No, I, and you've always you had my back since the trailer, bro. I, and now, whether you've listened to every single episode isn't the point. It's just the fact that you you support it. You know what I mean? And that you you know I I know that you watch the stories, you like the posts. I'm not expecting everybody, all my close friends, to be. I, I listen to every episode. You can't. I'm of course. I definitely listen yeah. to. A lot of them, and I, I definitely feel like I've tried to hit all, I would say, the big ones. Right, of course. They're, they're all big, and they're yeah. all amazing, but I guess the big ones are guests that I'm already familiar uh, yes. with, like a big boy, like a Fred Rogan. Right. Um, Tim Conway Jr. Tim Conway Jr. Yeah, 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 I met for up sure. here. Yeah. He introduced us, which That's is super right. cool. My shout dad was always a fan of him. Shout so, out to Tim Conway yeah. Jr. and Tim Conway Sr., rest yes. in peace. Yes, But, I mean, yeah, the reason I started to, just to go back and to interject on, on listen to every episode, uh... I don't even listen to the entirety of every podcast. Once I produce it and I put it out, I, that's it. It's out. I treat it like like a commercial. It's out. I don't. I'll listen to it to myself just to make sure there's no mistakes or right. I forgot a sound effect or something. But 
insert sound effect. Po- most of the time, yeah. <laughs> most of the time, I don't don't really like to check, check the analytics and oh, how many people stream this new one with Fred Rogo or Sydney Novak. Like, it's just more of like it's out there and it's gonna be there forever. So I was just telling Sandy Steck, who is already on the podcast, that the reason I even do it is to have like somewhat of a record of myself, just in case I kick the bucket, you know, somehow a comet hits me in the face tomorrow. At least there'll be somewhere, something of me ranting. I don't want that to happen. And exp- no comments hitting you. Yeah, no comments. Yeah, maybe a comment <laughs> might hit me. No. Uh, but it's just to have a record of me, and I feel like I want to have some sort of just like a, it's like an, an audio diary of sorts. It's it To me, a podcast is essential as having a Facebook profile or Instagram nowadays. Now, whether... The podcast is compelling enough that everybody's... That's hard to to say. I don't even know if I'm really doing that great of a job. I'm essentially applying what I learned from Joe Rogan, applying what I've heard from Big Boy, applying what I heard from Howard Stern, and just making a mixtape of all these different role models in broadcasting and podcasting and kind of combining them all together. And this is what you get out of it. I'm a byproduct of those three people, mainly big boy. Hello. I think it's fascinating and super important because when you talk about leaving something behind or legacy, um, you are doing that. And the thing is that what, what cripples me a little bit is like anytime I make any kind of content, I keep thinking once you put it out there, it could be out there forever. So I kind of like put the pressure on myself. But I think with you, what's healthy about it is, you know what you're doing. You're confident and happy about doing it. You know why you're doing it. And also, I think it's healthy that you're not looking at the analytics and obsessing over them because I think in today's society, the pressures are already enormous with all of our different kinds of social media, Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and and Twitter, all that stuff. Um, Some people obsess over the numbers or they, you know, all that matters is the numbers. Right, the likes. if, If our whole life revolves around that and that's the ultimate goal, it might not create such a pure form of what you're exactly. trying to do. Right. It, it takes away from the art itself because you're just worried about how many. And that's what Joe Rogan talks about. He's like, don't worry about who's listening. Just do it. And that's just to bring me back to the podcasting point into Joe Rogan's podcast, Joe Rogan Experience, is I used to only kind of like flip to the Mike Judge, the Beavis and Butthead guy, or flip to <laughs> so-and-so, the big name, Whitney Cummings. Then I just started just listening to every, even their MMA fight or MMA uh, guests that they have. I'm not into MMA right. fighting. I don't really. I'll, I'm like thin as a paper over here. But <laughs> whenever they have, he has a guest, I just listen. I don't even care who it is anymore because it's him I'm tuning in for. Absolutely right. And every person they've had, no matter how famous or not, it's always compelling. It Joe is. just be dropping fucking knowledge, bro. Like unwavering, unfiltered knowledge. He asks a lot of questions, which is amazing. Not just, I'm saying, to the guests, but like in life. Oh, yeah. Like you can just tell from watching any of the content he puts out that he is a curious man that wants to learn. It feels really pure. It feels like there's not a lot of judgment. It feels like if he has a guest in the seat, he wants to know. He really wants to understand and like deep dive their answer. And whether he agrees with it or not, at least he's able to like evaluate it. And listen to it and figure it out and say why or why not he agrees with it and and then bring up a whole synopsis of how those things even came to be yeah. what our question is posed he's able to break it down and dissect it in a matter of minutes and his memory is insane yeah the way he me- he memorized not memorized but he just know his vernacular mm-hmm. is so it reminds me of my uncle jerry 
Oh, like man, that's Jerry. how deep he was, and he could. I mean, it was just he's a wordsmith. So shout out to you, Joe Rogan. Yeah, Jerry and Jerry. Jerry. Oh, and Jerry Neeson, my my uncle, man, rest in peace. But yeah, yeah he was just one of those guys that. There's a sense of comfort when I listen to his podcast, and I try to uh, apply those things. And and what I like about Joe Rogan's podcast is the fact that when he when he has somebody on, he just lets them talk for like five minutes straight. Right. right. And I like to do that, but then I also know that when the guest it has come to like a, an end of a thought, and they look at me to go, "Okay, right. now you jump in." Joe will just let him talk and then let him not talk for like just to to sit there and think without even interrupting, right. which I really admire. I can't even hear him on the mic breathing. Like he's just completely statue silent. And I'm like, man, maybe I should do that more. I well, should probably shut the fuck up. No, no. It's not, it, <laughs> I, I did see some content about how powerful it is to just stop a sentence and let it be quiet for right. a little bit because it gives, you know, the listener or your audience an opportunity to think about what you said. It gives yourself time to think. Yeah. Uh, you start to eliminate the ums and, uh, you know, like, like, and ums. So mm-hmm. uh, I can't find it. Again, it was on Instagram somewhere, but it's... Uh, what, a Joe Rogan post? No, it wasn't oh. Joe Rogan. It was just one of the... Oh, I know what like, you're talking about. Yeah, I, it, was I'm, like a, it was like an inspirational, yeah. like edification type yeah. thing where it's like, you know, learning to not speak and just listen. And then even if they stop talking, just let them think. Yeah. And, and just let it, me, I have to edit out all the dead air or if they're the ums or the likes. It's amazing what you can do nowadays with technology in the in the it essence is. of podcasting. You had a podcast at one point, right? Or no, you had hard hitting hits, which yeah, was I did. somewhat I did. of like a musical podcast, right? right? No. It was basically yeah, more musical with okay. a little bit of hosting, a little bit of talking, introducing the songs and giving a little personality to the mix. Um, which was a lot of fun, but you know, after a while it became like you a little time consuming. It's, yeah, it's man. really, it's a lot of uh, work. There is a lot behind the scenes. Yeah, man. Um, and yeah, well, I want to thank you splice for not only being here on the podcast, but you brought me, oh, you can hear it in the background. I'm squeaking along the table, the console on the console. I'm looking at crumble cookies and a rectangular, very, uh, pink yeah. box. And it has four like pretty big cookies in it they're very gourmet very you said that they never create the same thing twice or or something like their menu changes every week every maybe week. they keep the traditional uh chocolate chip right right but maybe the rest of the menu changes every week but i, I just wanted to bring you something oh. to say thank you i know a bottle of alcohol would have been cool but you're not drinking that's cool that wouldn't have made any sense so yeah. i made this no man thank you and, bro uh, i appreciate that these are like very sweet what were they kind of gourmet like, la yeah. cookie thing i don't yeah. know if they're everywhere but like no i've know. never seen crumble cookies ever my sisters were like all about it yeah yeah they, this looks like, very oh. fancy bro it's very posh it's very splice i remember walking in there i tried to get some early in the week there was a session uh, um like a, in the recording studio mm-hmm. so i was gonna grab you know the guys cookies uh and it was like um the guys in front of me were like definitely just taking their time ordering like oh just it was oh funny. yeah they were baked or what yeah they were baked <laughs> and I, like i could tell how long it was gonna take and i didn't have that much time i was uh, like all right just never mind yeah and they were already out of a bunch of cookies by the end of the night. You know, they'd sold out. They sold out all their place. Man, where is this place? Crumble. This Crumble one, spelled C-R-U-M-B-L. No E You know in what's there. funny? My face? Uh, this one's in, oh. No, <laughs> this one's in Encino. But the first time we had these was the wedding we DJed together. Now that I remember it. The, where? Laguna Beach. Oh my God. That's, they, had, they had these? Yeah, they had boxes and boxes. Damn. That was the first time that we had them. And that's I forgot crazy. about it until my sisters were all about it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, man, that was a good party. That was a good wedding reception we DJed, bro. 
in, in Laguna. Or was yeah, it was it Laguna? I it was Laguna. Some, Newport Laguna. Yeah, you see Hills. the ocean. It looked like we were in a different country. Yeah, right. It looked like we we're in Spain or something. I was yeah. like, is this California still? Yeah. But yeah, there's so many different avenues of conversation to unpack with you, Mr. Splice. <laughs> uh you know, you're an entrepreneur. You you own a restaurant, right? Is it you still own it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. Well, we'll get into that. I know okay. you own the restaurant. You uh, you have clothing that comes out, right? Yeah. You got you got. What, what's so funny? Why are you laughing? Yeah, oh, I thought you just that, sold it. No, these are just things that I like haven't thought about in so long. You know, I mean, I haven't either. But I yeah. I thought about it on the way you know coming into this podcast, getting psyched up and getting my mindset ready of what I was going to ask you and stuff like that. But again, this is part conversation, part interview. We'll get into the interview part right now. Cool. But let's let's go to your early memories, uh, Splice. Okay. Because, like I mentioned, you know, you you were on Larry King live on CNN when you were what, nineteen years old? <laughs> it felt like that. I right. think I was like twenty four, twenty five. Okay, you're a like young that. man though. Yeah. And this is when Larry King was still with us, and he was yeah. still on the air broadcasting. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to play a clip of that. Let's play a clip. And end on an unusual note tonight. DJ Splice is our guest. Disc jockey to the stars, DJ Splice, hip name is not his name. His name is Michael Eisner. No kidding, right? You, you get kidded about, you must get kidded. All the time. How'd you pick DJ Splice? I picked the name actually by uh, just using the definition out of a dictionary for the word splice, which is to combine two elements together to create one final product, which is what I do with the two turntables and I create my mixes. Mm -hmm. Spicing tape, as we used to say in radio. Uh, yeah. What makes a good DJ at a party? It's a combination of a few things. The first is being able to feel out the crowd. I think understanding when to play the exact record at the right time leads to that energy. And, and also practicing, practicing at home and making sure that you know your material and you're able to perform it to the best of your ability. Tell me about this new computerized program that they tell me called Serato. Serato, yes. Yeah, Serato, that? it's an amazing technology. It's a computer, which is your musical library. And it incorporates your turntables. And I still use my two turntables and I use two records, but I use control records. They are time-coded records. And they read the files just like I was playing them off a record. So I'm able to scratch, I'm able to, to bring the record back. You hear all the sounds that a record would sound in actual time. By the way, for more news about DJ Splice, as well as booking information, and he, he worked a party for us, he's tremendous, just punch in DJ Splice, that's S-P-L-Y-C-E, DJSplice.com. How did you end up on Larry King, and then... Right after you answer that, I want to go into early DJing splice, okay? So, right. go ahead. All right, so the way that the Larry King thing happened was we were contacted, well, me, I was contacted um, by the CNN people, and before I even knew who they were, or what it was about, they asked if I had a certain date available. That was it. They couldn't tell me anything about the event. They just said, hey, we have an upcoming event. Do you have this date available? But wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So you get contacted by CNN. Yeah. Are you curious how they, how CNN knows who you yes. are? And I asked, and, and I, of course, I was curious, and I asked, and they said they had the researchers look for the top DJs in LA, huh. and my name kept popping up. What year was this? This was 2005 or 2006. Yeah. 
I remember that. I'll too. say this. This is interesting because this isn't that rare, actually, and it's not that new, which is me not knowing what the client is, what the event is, who it's for, because I do sign a lot of confidentiality agreements, non-disclosure agreements. So that's very normal. But at the time, that was definitely new to me. Like getting asked if a date is available, but not knowing what it was for struck some curiosity. Like, okay, this is interesting that it's something that they want the date for. They need to make sure it's available. Um and yeah, so that was basically the first way they, they contacted me. And yeah. it was actually, not for the show, it was to DJ for them. It was to DJ for CNN Larry King Live, uh, having been on the air for 20 years. So it was a party. Like a, oh, okay. It was a party old, in Beverly Hills at Spago. Wow. Did you end up DJing I that? DJed it. And, and that, you were that, on the air. Right. Which and came first? First was the party. Okay. And then three weeks later, I was a guest on the show. And so they set you up as a guest. I'm set you up as the DJ for the party. Yes. The 20-year party, right? Yes. It's at Beverly in Beverly Hills. Yes. Right? And then the party goes swimmingly, I assume. You're a great DJ. Yeah, you know, you know, you know some, a little story, if you don't mind. Go ahead. A little exciting story for me is the iconic and legendary Rick Dees approached me. He says, how you doing? I'm Rick Dees. Well, it was more like, hey, what's up, Splice? I'm Rick Dees. <laughs> Wait, and then he knew my name. And then you turn around and he's like, look, Ellen K. And then you look <laughs> back at him and he's gone. Yeah. Because like that's they, what Rick Dees would do. He's oh, like Houdini. Man. This guy would just evaporate into yeah, thin air. He was fast. Yeah. Oh my God. He'd be like, hey, Sketch, what's going on? Have you been to the clubhouse lately? Oh, and I turn around. I'm like, oh no, well, Big's in his... And I would look back at Rick and he's gone. gone. Just gone. gone. I'm like, where, <laughs> where is he? Yeah, man. Some people move like that. <laughs> I mean, um, it's wild. And I've heard that about other people like like DJ AM I heard but um, yeah. I'll get back to that but with uh, Rick Dees yeah he yeah. complimented me he yeah. said I just want to tell you you're doing a terrific job and it's it's you know so good that you're you're here and and he was at the party he was at the party of course he was and it was uh, you know I was like almost starstruck frozen like oh Rick Dees damn that's crazy so that yeah who contacts you to do be on guest on Larry yeah, so, King Live so the same people reached out and asked if I would be a guest on CNN Larry King Live have you ever um, watched his show of course, right? yes. I mean, with the the people that he's interviewed, it was it was like one of those things that's like in the background of all all of, all of our lives. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many times that you just see CNN playing and you see Larry King playing. It wasn't the world of like TikTok and Instagram clips, but it was right. still on TVs in random places. So I definitely had like seen it and watched it, and it actually it actually landed. The interview landed on. Uh, a day after my dad's birthday. So as a surprise, I wanted to bring my parents and they didn't know what they were coming for. I said, on this day, you know, can you guys both take the day off work, spend the day with me? I have something planned for us. They sent, you know, the Escalade, like car service. They had everything wow. you know, ready to go. VIP style. So my parents didn't know. So when they were picked up in the morning and we all drove to the studios, they still didn't know. They knew it was the CNN building. They walked us in up to the Larry King studios. They still didn't know. And it wasn't until, you know, they started doing like hair and makeup on me that it clicked with my dad. Wait a minute. <sighs> we're here for you. Wow. Cause they thought maybe I was taking them to see someone cool or something right. that they liked. And it was like, it kind of hit them like, Oh, Whoa. Damn. CNN sent cars to pick up your parents? They sent us all uh, one car. Like yeah, a Lincoln Town like car a, or something? An Escalade. Like wow. Those, like a big, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when those things were really popping too. Yeah. Wow. So that was crazy. you go on with Larry. Did you meet him before? Or did I met you... him at the party. We took pictures. Okay, you met him. Okay. Yeah, I took pictures with him 
And so he already knew you were acquainted with each other, and I then don't you, think we really knew each other. Did he remember well, you when you came back to the studio? So. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, what well, did he say? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> no, he just introduced me. Used my my real name. You know, he says, oh yeah. Our guest is DJ Splitz, and his real name is Michael, Michael Eisner. Eisner. Yeah, yeah. Which, Michael Eisner. It's funny because at the time, the CEO of Disney's name is it, yeah you know, was my, or is Michael Eisner. That's right. Uh, You're the only other Michael part. Eisner I've ever that heard part, of. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. You're the only Michael Eisner I know. Mm-hmm. Michael Eisner. I mean, everybody knows this, the Disney CEO, Michael, uh, former Disney CEO, Michael Eisner. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner, head of the Walt Disney Company. How was that, though, growing up as Michael Eisner before Splice became it's interesting. It's a really good question you ask, and I'll tell you why. It worked two ways. One, it worked as um, if I got pulled over, let's say, and I'd give my license without saying anything, they would say, oh, okay, Michael Eisner. Like the Disney guy. Like the Disney guy, (laughs) you know? It was almost like uh, familiarity because of the name. On the other side, opportunists that met me thinking, oh, okay, let's get close to this guy and let's be friends with this guy because his dad is the Disney guy. They thought you were his son? As soon as they find out I'm not... Now they don't care about being friends anymore. Oh. So it's good and bad because right. that's fine. I mean, you like weed out and filter out the real friends and the fake friends. But I will say that like there could be times where like your feelings get hurt because you think people are your friends until they realize you're not who they thought you were. And then they don't want to be friends anymore. And you're like, oh, OK, so really never had anything to do with me anyway. Did you talk to Larry King anymore after? Did you ever have any more interactions with no, him after but, you were a guest? No, but I would have loved to really thank him because he changed my life without a doubt, changed my life. It changed everything. That interview mm. was beyond my wildest dreams. The DJ, the DJ thing started as a complete hobby for me, yeah. a, a passion, but a complete hobby and never anything that I thought would be able to pay bills or be something I could do as a career. Right. And the Larry King interview catapulted I mean, you. Yeah, it mm. changed everything. It catapulted me, I guess. That's a good way to put it. It yeah. was a, a sort of like reaffirmed in me mm. and and close people around me that this times were changing and it was a real thing. Yeah. Man, it really put you on the map, dude. You yeah, know, definitely I, helped. I remember seeing that interview. I, I don't even think I knew you. I don't yet. even want to go back, back and look uh, well, at it. It's one of those like. Uh, well, you look so young, dude. It's crazy. They did my hair, you they look did like my a kid. And yeah, I, you, know, yeah. you look like a little kid, though, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, look at young Splice over there. I couldn't grow facial hair even if I wanted to back then. Yeah, now you look like a like you're related to uh, what's his name, Captain America, Chris Evans. That's what you remind Chris me of. Evans. Yeah, you remind me of like a like you're like his nephew cool. or something, or yeah. like I don't know who's older, but you guys look like you're related. Like you're, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably older. Are you? Let's look. Probably, I'm gonna Google. Yeah, I'm gonna Google how old Chris Evans is. Chris Evans is. Let's see it. I'm gonna pull a Joe Rogan. Jamie, pull up a uh, Chris <laughs> Evans. <laughs> oh, oh, he's he's your age. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's crazy. <laughs> That's why we look alike, yeah, huh? man. Oh my god. I mean, he's obviously he's a little more buffer just because he's oh, you know sure. he goes to the gym like 14 hours a day. I guess I'm um, going to the gym now. I mean, you know, I guess, dude. I can't, I can't. I'm not a gym guy. I, I joined Planet Fitness for a while. I like doing cardio. Yeah. I'm terrible at lifting. I have no upper body strength, right. bro. I'm I'm telling you, I'm like a giraffe with like a dodo <laughs> a damn head. Sexy giraffe. Yeah, I'm a I'm a talented giraffe. Let's just put it that way. But um, okay, let's go back now. The DJing. I want to get into that real yeah. quick, Splice, because you mentioned it. The Michael Eisner, your real name. Michael Eisner. Michael Eisner. What path do you think Michael Eisner would be on if Splice never came to be? Lawyer. If that's the uh, if that's the question we're asking. Yeah. My mom is a lawyer and a judge, that's and right. I, you know, my major in college was communications, uh-huh. and it was sort of a 
general leading into if I were to do law, that was like sort of a sort of safe home base. Okay. You know? So lawyer. But yeah. what was it that you did you ever go to like college for? Did you do the bar at all? Do you think can you pass the bar exam? The LSAT. No, I never I never went that far. I mean, I got my degree in college in right. communications, but right. um DJing had taken over by that point. Now what was it? What happened? When uh, you're yeah. you're thinking in your mind as young splice way before Larry King and all that happened. DJ Splice. You know, you're thinking to yourself, I'm probably going to be a lawyer. I'm, I might grow up to be a judge like my mom, something like that. Who knows? What, what is, we still don't know what your dad does completely. Right. He's a, a mysterious... He's, it's, yeah, he is the mysterious businessman. It's I like have, outsource management. It's, not, yeah. it's, it's a little complicated to explain because it's a little bit, yeah. I don't want to say boring, but it's sort of like I would have to like walk through all the details, which I can do happily if that's what you hey, want. Hey, man, but, boring um, is safe. But no, you don't have <laughs> but, to. I, I know for sure that he is an illustrious <laughs> businessman yeah, he's, and he's, he's very genius. yeah he's, he's genius very good with his money he's a genius but yeah. in a sense it's like you kind of were going to be on that path because none of your family is in show other than your sister marielle scott yes, right correct. who's an actress yes but even before you know she was just a little girl at the time right, right. but she's been acting for quite some time oh, but well, you're like, the oldest right I'm the oldest yeah, yeah okay so you have two sisters i do yes okay so shout out to both your sisters yes. marielle and, and lila, and lila. Yeah. they're both amazing they're yeah. both incredible yeah, you know, special special people. Um, all right, so but going into get into yeah, DJ. So tell me about to make that. Long story short, like no, long said, story I'm, longer. It's long a podcast. Story longer. <laughs> it's gonna go like this. Like you said, I was never really obsessed with TV shows or movies. That wasn't my thing. But I had a major connection to music. My first school I ever went to only had twelve kids. We had no grades. It was like kindergarten through sixth grade and it was highly creative you know it was like we did dance classes we did uh arts classes we did music classes and all the regular schooling and then i went to junior high and high school at like a college prep school which was actually way different it was a lot more strict it was a lot more regimented it was very numbers driven and and it kind of hindered my creativity and i didn't feel like i fit in all that well in that school was it a private school? It was a private school, yeah. It's called the Buckley School, which is in Sherman Oaks. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of notable people have, have been there, which mm -hmm. if you Googled it, you'd see, you'd be like, oh, okay, I know some of those people. Right. And uh, so basically, second semester, senior year of high school, my dad went out and bought me the turntables and mixer that I had been wanting for years. And finally, God, it was like I was already accepted into college. He bought me the turntables and mixer, which I wouldn't have been able to buy on my own. They didn't buy me a drum set when I wanted it earlier. I never really got into guitar or any other instruments, but I was always connected to music and I was obsessed with the radio. I was obsessed with listening to the DJs on the radio, not just the music, but listening to the transitions, the scratching, the creativity, even some wordplay stuff and the way that the, the drops hit, the timing, hitting the post, listening to the on-air personalities interact with the DJs. This was a language that like spoke to my brain and a worm like got in there and just never stopped. Mm -hmm. And so when I got the turntables and took them home and then started buying records and practicing horribly and in no comparison to the radio guys, I didn't realize how many years away I was from how good they are. Mm -hmm. And I just, not that I didn't appreciate it. It was just like when you're giving, you know, it was just infantile mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know how to put the needles on. I didn't know where to plug in the wires. I didn't know anything about beats per minute and and all the different factors that right. go into mixing um where you mix stuff like that so anyways mm -hmm. from there mm -hmm. i dj a little bit over the summer before college then i moved to new york upstate new york That's syracuse right. university syracuse. day one i join a radio station 
And do you remember what station? Yeah, it was called WJPZZ89. Okay. And Z89 was a real antenna hitting the city of Syracuse. It was maybe the biggest college station in the United States with a real audience that was already built in. They had what's called the Z Morning Zoo, which I know other stations have. And I joined on to be both an on-air personality, which would be, you know, board opping, that kind of stuff. And then also joined a Friday show, Friday mix show called the Friday Night Party, which was 10 p.m. till 2 in the morning yeah. with originally two co-hosts, DJ Komar, DJ AA. And we were actually, the three of us, invited to be on a podcast coming up this Monday. And it's, it's really going to be nice a, to Like reconnect. a reunion? Yeah, like a reunion. Nice. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's dope. So I join on. And I start to learn my chops on being, you know, on radio there. So I spent a lot of my, t- my college time. Now I'm DJing fraternity parties, sorority parties, college events, um, rap battles where I'm doing instrumentals oh, yeah. and even um, nightclubs that I even got kicked out of. I was underage. Someone, <laughs> I had a big I got, X on my hand. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I started I, DJing at 16 no. at the Conga Room on Pico Boulevard yeah. between Barrington and Bundy and West LA. And bro... They thought I was 18, and when I when the lady who owned it found yeah. out I was only 16, yeah, she kicked me out of the club during my set, man, and and like was like, no, you can't come back until you turn 18, and then finally, I think the promoter of the club they convinced her probably paid her enough, right, to keep her mouth shut, and they were like, she was like, but he can't drink it, and back then I didn't drink it all anyway, right. I just smoked right. weed, right, but she just didn't want to lose her license, and it was all good, but it, it's crazy that you shared this, I didn't know that about you. I had a big X on my hand, so I guess they had different color cups for yeah. alcohol and non-alcohol. Yeah, Someone yeah. handed me like a, a Malibu pineapple or something, and then I'm walking around, and before I know it, three security guards have grabbed me, throw the drink in the trash can, and throw me out into the snow. Now my, my DJ stuff and jacket are still in the DJ booth. There were buses running back and forth uh. between wherever this club and somewhere else, and all I did the rest of the night was ride the buses to stay warm oh until the God. end of the night so I could get back to the other DJs, and they could bring me my jacket and then get the ride home. Damn. And I don't even think I took a sip or two of it, but and I don't even drink, so it was just like, you know, that was that. <laughs> you just got kicked out for pantomiming um, you were drinking. Yeah. Man, let me ask you this. Let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Um, getting into DJing, though, what was it? What was the... Who was the DJ, the first DJ you saw that made you go, damn, I want to do this? It was probably a high school dance, to be uh. honest. It was probably, you know, the the circuit also that I started going to was bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. It was, uh, you know, at the 12, 13, 14 right. year old age, I went to a lot of them. It right. was almost like a lot of classmates were having them and the thing to do is just invite everybody. Yeah. So I'd see either bands or DJs or school dances. I'd see the DJs, um, some house parties. And the thing was, I would watch the interaction between the DJ and then the music they chose and the audience, mm-hmm. the classmates, you know, and slow you know slow songs and you'd have slow dances and it it changed the mood and the atmosphere and it allowed the crushes to sort of connect and you'd have like the the girls shoving their girlfriend over to the guy that she had a crush on or that he had a crush on that he didn't yeah. have the nerve to go yeah. ask and the friends would sort of be like hey my friend thinks you're cute and you Johnny Gill dance. came on yeah show look good and I'm sitting there no attention from girls at that time and I'm sitting there <laughs> watching the DJ being like this is crazy. Watching the DJ orchestrate a yes. crowd, controlling yeah. every... It's like a comedian controlling people's emotions with just talking words, just speaking words, right. but yet you're playing someone else's records right. and able to control, literally control like they're they're under mind control right. from this music and how you mix the right. music. 
Were the DJs good that you watched at the bat, bat mitzvahs? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't tell you because I couldn't, I didn't have. You didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the knowledge right. yet. But I, it, it sounds, I don't know if it sounds bad to be like it was all about the control, but it, it in some ways it was a mystical power. It is. It it's was a superpower. I've never seen before. It's it a superpower. Like, it was something I hadn't seen in school. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something I'd seen, you know, um, with friends or at, at home with the family. It was just this unknown new right. superpower. I'd watch someone not speaking yeah and con- literally literally saying everything with just their fingers even you security know? guards dancing and yeah. the teachers dancing and the administration dancing it, like it was like it's wild it's wild yeah no i know i remember going to uh teen center dances when i was in middle school yeah. that's where i met big boy and he was djing this is when he was mc the big legend. boy right yeah and he i remember i met dj ray with him and it was i was what 12 years old yeah seventh grade Mm -hmm. he's great um but i just remember seeing the dj equipment yeah getting wheeled in yeah and seeing the turntables and then when the lights went out and it got nighttime all the little lights from the equipment and the vinyl because this you know we started on real records back then you know this is like mid 90s late 90s and there's just that feeling like you said the orchestrating the crowd when big would drop bitch better have my, money. Have my money i mean people were losing their minds i mean these are kids no losing their minds yeah. is it of course he, mean, he played the clean versions we're but saying you know. it but yeah. the thing is when you see it yeah it's different it is when you say losing their minds like they're losing their minds yeah like the little john get out of your mind it's it's like that but back, back then bbd when poison just came out people still freak out yeah. when you drop that when you right. drop it at the right time right it's just like when a comedian is able to do a callback when a, or, or insert a tag within a joke, uh, like multiple tags, which is multiple small jokes within a joke. Right. It's crazy how the crowd. Oh, it's crazy. It's wild to me. And that's what DJing is like. Or even a magic trick with magicians. Oh. You know, we've been to the Magic Castle multiple times together. I was formerly into magic, close up magic. And I was a Sketch member of the magic. magic. Yeah. Sketch magic. Yes, of course. And it was great. After a while, I just got a little tired of it just because it was, it's a lot to learn, a lot to remember. And I just it's, don't it's have a, the, it's a world. It, it is it's a whole world. It's a whole day. But say, the reason I bring up the close up magic and comedy and de- it's all it is like the, the same thing where you're controlling people's reactions by just cards words a song and you're not saying you're not even saying a word it's just like is this your card oh you get right. the oh back it's right it's, people start running down the street when they you know, you know part of it is the unpredictability and i think that's what's so yes. stimulating for me with magic i am i love magic i love stand-up comedians i love djs um the unpredictability at one point, I loved car chases, and it was different oh, than yeah. watching a sitcom on TV yeah. because I always kind of knew what was coming. Right. Or well, it's scripted. It's, yeah, yeah, like the thing is, like, not that you can't knock TV shows, <laughs> right. but for me, the unpredictability of these kinds of arts yeah. were like way more highly stimulating. Right. And like when you're attracted to something, it's like a magnet that pulls you into those things, and you, it's bigger than you. Because I'm like, why do I love this stuff so much? It's like an enigma. Of sorts, where you're trying to harness lightning in a bottle, right? Over and, and over right. and over again, and sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Yeah, without it getting stale. Yes, without, without, that's you it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's I it. totally understand your point yes. because, yes, you know, when you do something over and over so many times, yeah. you don't want it to get stale. So you always have to, and, and that's like I'm as passionate now as ever. But there are times that you have to fight it a little bit. 
Absolutely. You, know? you have to wade through the bullshit to get to the other side. That's how I feel about every piece of production I have to produce. Every time I have to do this podcast on the weekends, when I have to edit it, I dread it. I get it. I dread it. I get it's it. not like I, I'm not going to be able to do it. Right. It just takes a whole Saturday. It takes from the time I get up and have my first coffee, right? Yes. And then I, it hits me, smoke a couple bowls, yep, yep. get in my mindset, watch a little news just to see what's going on out there, any pursuit chases happening <laughs> that I need to watch, you know? But then once I start, once that first edit is made or that first sound effect is implemented, bro, it's like it just comes to me and yeah. I'm not even thinking about it right, anymore. Right, right. And then a whole day, it takes from probably about noon until eight o'clock at night. It takes about eight hours to edit one podcast episode because the way I do it, I know I cannot I know. not implement sounds. I cannot not edit it and make it sound polished and shiny, a shiny. The thing you know? is like for the, for the listeners understanding the eight hours of looking into a screen and looking at these waveforms yeah. and zooming in and making sure you didn't miss anything. It's not easy and not everyone can do it. It takes a special kind of brain and a special kind of thinker, a disturbed brain, and, and talent to do that kind of work. Because the eight hours, there are people that can do 20 minutes. I mean, I have, you know, in the music studio, you see people 30 minutes, 40 minutes an hour, and they're fried. That's it. Yeah, I remember you told me about uh, Red Foo from LMF oh, LMFAO. Man. Yeah, Red Foo from LMFAO. I remember you told me... Uh, you were like, yeah, man. I, when you were you were working with him, I yeah. remember we went to his part, one of his parties, one right, of his right. many many uh, Hollywood Hills parties. But right. we went to one, and I remember after we left, you were like, oh yeah, that's the studio we were the studio that Red Foo because Red Foo showed us his rooms. And oh, he, yeah. I remember he let me use his per personal bathroom because oh, there was so many people in the house <laughs> that all the bathrooms were, everybody was doing coke and shit. Uh. And like, <laughs> I'm like, hey man, can I use your bathroom? And he, he were like, he was like, yeah, use it. All of them were taken. All right, sketch, just go in mind. Just wrap around the corner. Wow. And he's like, don't do that. coke in there. <laughs> yeah, right? But after I left the bath, and I didn't do any coke, <laughs> but I left the bathroom, and I remember we, we went home in the car, and you were like, yeah, you know, Red Foo, when he produces, he produces for like, like three hours straight. And then you looked at me, and you're all, no breaks. No, like eight hours. Oh, it, well, eight hours straight. Bro. But you were like, no breaks. Yeah. And I looked at you and I was like, are you trying to say something to me, Splice? Like, I no, take too many bro. breaks? Because I no. have to take breaks. Do you take breaks? Yeah. Because I have to. This, I'll say that, like, it's n not usually healthy to compare yourself. But when I saw the work ethic of Red Foo, and I've seen the work ethic of some other people mm -hmm. working eight hours, 12 hours, almost no breaks and even if they take a little break that's all right but just being in there and working for eight hours you know like consecutively was like okay that was a lesson that i needed to learn because if you're not seeing it for yourself forget hearing it on social media and forget all the stuff everyone says they wake up at 5 30 and then they you know go to the gym once come back shower eat breakfast go back to the gym like a lot of that is for branding right. a lot is that oh yeah it's it's a lot of it isn't real but when you see it right you when you live it. it with him, you live it. You're like, okay, this I'm not doing enough, right? And this is a gentleman. He's at the level he's at. He's right. at the Super Bowl, right? I'm not at the Super Bowl. He's at the Super Bowl. So, all right, now I'm seeing the work ethic and saying I'm not doing enough. Do more. Push harder. Yeah. Now I see it. Okay. Let's let's go back to the DJing sure. and and the illustrious career. You said that you got into DJing basically from going to bat mitzvahs and watching other DJs and they were kind of your inspiration to to go that route and then eventually you get your first set of turntables at what age? 
18. 18. I believe it was 17, 18. I think it was 18. Second semester, senior year of high school. Graduation was probably, if my birthday's in March, graduation's what? Like June, July? Uh, I don't know. August. I never I went to college. I, I didn't graduate from high school. Even high school. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. But yeah, I was probably 18. Let's, let's call okay, it. You're 18, 18. You're a brand new adult. And how long did you wait or did you get Technique 1200s off Technique top? Technique 1200s. Look at you. Look at Steve Yo, Eisner yeah, over there. Yeah, through so big, God bro. The damn. package. Brand new? You, yeah, look. Oh, my Like, God. two Techniques. First, it was a Vestax 05 Pro, two Ortofon needles, headphones. I think the Guitar Center, uh, shout out to my man Needles. He threw oh, in. Oh, yeah, DJ uh, Needles. Yeah, Needles. Yeah, he yeah. threw in a light. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't get the mixer to work. And eventually it was, he said, get the Rain TTM 54. Damn. TI or something. And I go, okay. You got the Tiesto fucking like that. mixer. And so he goes, that's the one, bro. Just And it was, so I started learning on that. And it, it did make a big difference. So I will say, if, when people come for advice, and, and people do sometimes ask, hey, someone I know wants to get into DJing, would you give them a little piece of advice? Sometimes if you can afford to, like, jumpstart on a level, a pro level, you're really in a, an ad, at an advantage because the equipment is so well made. Yeah, man. And you avoid a lot of the problems of stuff that's less expensive, but may not last or it has its issues. And and sometimes if you can do it, it is worth the jump because I definitely felt like my comfortability on the equipment I was using. Then when I went to any standard nightclub. That I was right at home. You were ready to it go. Was, yeah, it was it's like putting on the day. shoes that you've already worn. Exactly right. Damn, that's so dope. That's and I've noticed, curve. I've noticed that you've evolved so much as a DJ, Mister Splice, hmm. that now you don't even use headphones when you DJ, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of crazy to me. Because even though you don't really need them anymore because of Serato yeah, and you yeah. can see the wave, I still like to hear what's about what I'm about to cue up. You've played these records so many damn times. That you're just it just comes to you naturally, like you're driving. It's like you're driving. It is. I think that what's interesting about that is it's been a long time, over a decade of almost no headphones, and part of it Damn. is Serato. Yeah. Right. Um, not using sync. It's just getting comfortable with the tools, getting comfortable with turntables, understanding. Yeah, understanding cue points, BPMs, and also like that feeling of the pitch control. You kind of have a, a sense of feeling and being able yeah. to guide the record. Those kinds of things. Also. There are going to be the train wrecks that happen here and there. And there are. There are. There are times where I miss. I miss the mark. I miss the mix. There are times, but it happens, all right? But it's so rare. Very seldom. Yeah, it's very seldom that, for the most part, the not wearing the headphones for 10 years outweighs... The f- the mistakes that are there and there are they're there. I'm well, not it's live not DJ, yeah, but it's like li- every there. live DJ messes up somehow. It's not the end of the world. No. At the end of the day, we are DJing, and nobody and cares. Like that's <laughs> the thing that like I will hear DJs go yeah. on rants forever right. about some and look mistakes are going to happen. Not everything is going to go perfectly. I was watching an amazing episode of Martin Garrix uh, yesterday. Last night it was like 24 minutes. Couldn't get enough of it. At one point he put his headphones down on the CDJ that was playing and he realized right away it was like a split second. Music stopped and someone noticed it and he says yeah but I don't think anyone else really noticed. You know it was yeah. like someone on the team. Yeah. But the thing is these accidents are going to happen but they're not the end of the world. We're just DJing. Literally it's it's not we're not doing surgery on an open heart. Right, you're not, it's there's like, no life's at stake here. Like it's, it's, <laughs> there are mistakes that happen. I treat it yeah. like I'm having a blast. I'm having fun. Yeah. And if, you know. If, if there's a, a subtle moment of, uh, whether it's shoes in the dryer, train wreck, or or like you said, uh, Martin Garrix. It my spirit. Yeah, no. Okay, that's the thing. That yeah. Maybe other people get, you know, other DJs. Well, to me, it just proves that they're live. 
It's live. It's live. It's and, live. And, you know, because we've seen a few performances <laughs> together where the DJ performer artist isn't actually live. Right. They're just they have a what's called a TV track. Right. Meaning it's it's half instrumental, half pre-produced, pre-produced. But right. they're not actually playing the keys or they're not actually doing the tricks. They're just mimicking. They're pantomiming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We know who we're talking about. <laughs> um. <laughs> yes, bro. Okay, yes. but you know what? Hey. They made the song, but it would be as bad as watching like Dave Chappelle do his comedy, lip syncing it. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, it just, and even if Dave Chappelle or Whitney Cummings fucks up, it's it doesn't matter. You right. know what I mean? It doesn't. It's not again. There's no plane in the air with souls on board that's going to crash. Right. Maybe you had a bad moment and it messed up, but you're live. Right. DJ's on the air. Howard Stern messes up. Right. You know, how many times do I listen to his show and, hey, guys, does anybody have any information on, uh, you know, Dolly Parton's uh, outfit she wore on Miley Cyrus's New Year's Eve? Oh, that's off the right clip. And it's just, no, but it's just dead air. Oh. And nobody responds. Okay. And then he goes, he goes, hmm. Guess nobody's listening. And then two minutes later, Gary. Oh yeah, Gary, we're, check- we're checking on him right now, Howard. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I always hear yeah. like playing the wrong clips. Yeah. Like, no, it's B B fourteen, B eighteen. Wait, no, it's yeah. like, column know? one, yeah, column they, one. Yeah, <laughs> they start like the clip. They listen for ten seconds. Yeah. No, that's not it. I mean, that's, that's but that's part of it happen. to me. That's yeah. part of the stream of consciousness. Part of the experience. It's like shit goes wrong. The button doesn't Yo, fire the right I'm not thing. Perfect. Yeah, and I'm okay not being perfect. Yeah. And it doesn't kill my spirit. Me neither. You know I mean, I'm so far from perfect. Yo, I don't. I don't want to be perfect. I'm so comfortable being a hot mess. No. This is where I you're, thrive at. To me, you're perfect. You know what it is? I'm like one of those fishes that live at the bottom of the sea that feeds off the sulfur of the earth. Yeah, yeah. And you wonder, how the fuck do they survive Yo. down there? That's me. Yo. I'm in that, I'm at the bottom of the ocean There's eating sulfur. There's fish out there. That's me, bro. I'm a giraffe Theo fish. Theo did a, a big thing. Oh, with, dude, I love Theo Vaughn, yeah, bro. He, he, I mean, this isn't that exciting. They were just talking about fish. But I mean, yeah. like, he was just so obsessed with how this one fish from the, the deep, deep bottom of the sea where there's no light, it's pitch black, yeah. they can't find their mates and they basically have to latch on. The man latches on. And if the man's able to latch on, he fuses together with the the, the lady fish. Whoa. And that's their life until they die because basically like that's how it happens. They can't like, find each other yeah, again. they can never <laughs> find each other again. It's, you got to watch it because it's like way better than Helm saying it. But oh Theo my God. incredible. Yeah, man. Theo Vaughn is the shit. I, I'm a big fan of his now. Um, going into the, let's continue with the DJ talk. You're scratching, your scratching skills. When I had Fuse on not too long ago on this podcast, he is he's a beast. I mean, the guy's he's a very quiet guy. He's very he's very uh, reserved, not a not cocky or anything. He's just he's a quiet giant. You know, he just doesn't sweet, talk a whole lot. Guy, but yeah. when he does talk, he has a lot to say, and more so when he DJs. Man, that guy is very aggressive, bro, yeah, with yeah. the scratching. It's, it's crazy. His social media is amazing. Yeah. Man. It's inspiring for the DJ. Yeah. And you look, go go follow his uh, Instagram or TikTok yeah. if he has TikTok. Instagram. At DJ I Fuse. On Instagram. Yeah. At DJ Fuse. F-U-Z-E. Yeah, his scratching. He does these cool, like, I think it's like the 20-year oh, yeah. stuff. It's He'll cool. do, like, tributes, like when P. Diddy came in. Uh, he does. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah, he'll do like. What was the other one that he did recently? Well, I remember that was a big standout one. And also, John Legend, where he essentially is doing like a a jump off mix, right? Like a mini, a mini little tribute right. jump off mix live. Yeah, mixing in and out of all the different artist songs. Really, really hard. catalog. Yeah. yeah, it's hard, and it he's hard. live. Yeah, I don't know if people appreciate it enough. Like, I'm a DJ, and I'll watch and be like. Holy smokes, yeah. that's hard. Yeah. This guy is like, it's a little mini mix. Yeah, that's but, DJ Fuse yeah. though, bro. But with you, I'm going to play a clip here of some scratching you did.
It doesn't even feel like you're trying, Splice. Like, it just feels I, like you're... Because I could see you looking at your phone at the same time you're scratching yeah. or you're, you're, you're thinking about what's for dinner tonight while you're scratching. And it's just so natural. Yo. How did you learn how to... Was it DJ Qbert? Who was Who taught you how to scratch like that? This was self-taught listening to the radio DJs. Really? And never thinking I was that good and never being good enough and, and never feeling like I was going to be as good as them and a supportive dad whose advice was keep practicing you'll get there that simple and it was like he's like just keep practicing you'll get there and you know what the muscle memory got better the scratching got incrementally better little by little by little by little the the you know the fingers started to know what to do Mm. my brain was able to trigger like what was coming next and i started to get a little better and a little better and i'd get bummed out and i'd go back and listen to the radio and be like these guys dad these guys are on another level like aliens to me like i not even close you know like if i'm at a two out of ten and they're a ten out of ten it's just insane like even if i get to a three or four or five or six they're still like a ten but like and I still don't think I'm there, but the practicing mm-hmm. and the pushing, the the perseverance mm-hmm. and consistency was it with the support from my dad, whose unwavering support was yeah, just keep practicing. You'll get there. Damn. It'll come. And it did. It got better. You and your dad are close, right? You have a very close relationship yeah, with yeah, your father. Him. Yeah. Your he dad, was, Steve. He was over yesterday. Yeah, and and your mom and dad are still married. They are, which is yeah. rare these days. They you were know. just in Antarctica. They what? Went to, they went to Santiago, <laughs> Chile. They went on like a an expedition. I don't know, like an adventure expedition. A safari? Yeah. To, they went on an Arctic safari? Yeah, and it was a surprise for my dad because he'd always wanted to go there. My mom pulled off a su- an amazing surprise where, I mean, she's dealing with all sorts of like, you know, how the travel that it took to get there, right, was just insane. And it was a secret and we kind of knew about it behind the scenes and it was presented to him around the holidays and she had done everything wow. secretly. So she was taking secret phone calls and secret emails and dealing with like whoever she deals with. I don't know. Who, but I mean, you know, look at that. That is a whole different echelon. Planes and cruises and, yeah. and that's a whole different echelon of human existence to me, bro. When you're that, not only that successful in life financially, right, to be able to afford yeah, such it's, it's immaculate trips. To me. But at the same time, go. But it, it, the pictures, I saw a lot of penguins. A lot of penguins. Any polar bears? I don't think I saw any in the pictures. You know I don't that, know if my parents would have done well with a bear. You know, they're you know, not that fast. Uh, yeah, not I, the bears I are. No, I know. Parents. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's They're scary. <laughs> they're they're very cute and cuddly and stuff. Yeah. But God damn, those things will rip your head I off. Bet, yeah. Yeah, bro. I don't want to fuck with them. Right. Um, but what what's interesting about the whole, they went to Antarctica. <laughs> Antarctica. Which means one of the poles. no bears. No Because bears. Arctica is Greek for bear, apparently. <gasps> did oh, you know that? I did not. Is this Hold real? Yeah, I swear like, to God. I saw the, me, No, like, I, I saw I this on Joe Rogan's podcast. Antarctica yeah, means no bears. I'm like... Arctica is like bear, and Antarctica is <laughs> meaning like no bear. Yeah. You never heard that? <laughs> I've never heard that. Let's look. The word Antarctica comes from the Greek language, Arcticos, which means of the bear. Arctica means of the bear. Yes, and ant crazy means no bear. Crazy, yeah. Hey, there it is. Then that's why. See that? We're learning, ladies and gentlemen. We learned it today. A Sketcho Show podcast exclusive. Exclusive. Not really. This is already known knowledge. Oh. This is new to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like how you didn't believe me at first. I was like, that sounds. <laughs> you I was joking. Suspicious. Yeah. Suspect. But good old Google. Your parents go to Antarctica, and they. Come back. The reason I bring up your parents being still married is because, well, I mean, it's as simple as this, Splice. I feel like parents that raise children that are still married, 
the kids have a far better uh, chance of learning integrity and support and do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, and, and keep, like your dad told you, keep practicing, you'll get there. That male role model. Now, I'm not saying gay couples can't do the same thing. I'm just saying, in general, having two parents yeah. is essential in raising a kid. Because my parents got divorced when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And I remember I was all over the place. I only got a grasp on it as I got older, because I'm 45,000 now. <laughs> but the fact is, is like now that I'm no more drinking, 45 years old, looking at the world through the same set of eyes, and able to realize like, man, I wish my mom and dad had stayed together. You know what I mean? Like I wish, because now I see older, why I latched on to male role models like Big Boy, like DJ Ray, like Jerry so fast. Because, well, I needed that in my life. And I needed, I needed like that discipline. You know what I mean? Because even in my 20s and 30s, even though I was already working at power, I was out of control. I was a lunatic. Right? Within reason. Within man. reason. Within but reason. I just like You're partying. Sound wilder. No, no. Yeah. I mean, but you know. But you've seen me. You've seen, seen me go to the deep man. end. I've seen it all. And I think <laughs> you are doing. I'm so proud of you. Thank You're you. doing incredibly well. You are one of the most honest and true people. And I, I really mean it. I know that, that we've talked a lot heart to heart. And I know that. The world's a hard place no matter who you are, man, woman, wealthy, not wealthy. The world's a hard place. It's not an easy place, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, growing up in the circumstances you have and feeling those feelings for you were probably very natural. Mm-hmm. And um, you've had angels looking over you for as, as long as I've known you, you know? And, and Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> some of the relationships that you've had that you continue to have... Um, the thing is, all of us have relationships that come and go, but the relationships that you have and have kept have, it's almost like you've looked out for them. They've looked out for you. Right. Bigger than money has been like an unspoken It's family. And love. Yeah. yeah. Well, friends are, you know, friends are the family, family you that choose, you choose. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And, and that's. In your case. Your chosen family. Life's isn't hard. It? And the temptations are there and coping mechanisms are there. And. Whether you've drank more than you thought you wanted to or you've done whatever else and, you know, say weed or whatever. The thing is, like, it's a hard world. And, you know, I understand leaning on those kinds of people, the male figures in your life. Because I I think I heard yesterday, like, kids desire discipline or boundaries. Like, they actually do want to know where the line is. And um, I think just because we're older it's kind of like we're older kids you yeah know, we still need to know exactly what right is what wrong is and sort of like you know how we feel on the inside morals and values our moral compass is a big thing moral compass um with you i'm proud of you i don't think you would you know be in the place you are by accident by falling into it it's it's this wasn't like a mistake if, it's, sometimes it's, it feels like no, it is no, though no, you know what i mean like mistake, well right? I, it just takes a while to get there or yeah. It's a different path for everybody. Mm. There's tons of people envious of where you are. And uh, I don't know why. <laughs> no, the thing is we always have to remember that. Yeah, because no, I know. it's easy to compare ourselves to other people. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean. Well, here's the thing, Splice. You, uh, it brings me back to your parents. Yeah. Because I've known you for a long time. feels like I've known you longer. But you've definitely 
were raised right is my point. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you, you were raised like with a, a strong sense, like you said, of a moral compass. I even see you second guessing yourself when you think something's wrong. Right. Like I could see you like in your head because I, I know you like you don't, Absolutely. you know, you don't say it out loud, but I can see the look on your face like, nah, this, this don't feel right. You know what I mean? Like, right. And you, you don't act on impulse. Right. I do. <laughs> I hear you. And a lot of people do. Yeah. And I try not to. I try to think things through. But I will say, like, I've only lived my life, you know, as I have. Meaning, like, I've had the two parents. So I feel eternally blessed. Um, they mean the world to me. They have been the strongest things in my life. They've helped me get through the hardest times in my life. They've been people that I have needed to go to and, you know, put all the heavy pressure and burden and lifting on at times mm -hmm. mentally when I'm going through stuff and I'm struggling with stuff. Um, it's mostly just been that like where I, you know, I, I follow their lead, follow their guidance and I don't follow everything they say. I listen to everything they say. It doesn't mean I follow everything. Right. I, I still have my own path and my own ideas and my own vision. And I also understand the world in a different way. I've also lived a different life than they have for many different reasons. You know, part of it is the year they grew up, the, the, the year and time that they grew up has changed. Technology has changed. The um, experiences that I've had are different, but overall the overarching thing is that me personally, yeah, it's, it's, it's impacted everything. Every decision that I make is impacted by the way I was raised by both my parents, the combination, yeah. the tenderness and softness of my mom, but also the brilliance of her and the, the sort of uh, analysis of the world that she has, mm -hmm. but also the naive, naiveness, naive, the naivete. Yeah. I love that word naivete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my dad is brilliant in his own way i would say more street smart mm -hmm. but also such simple advice can cut so deep good and bad right good and bad right you know like if he says if he makes a, a critique of me as simple as it may be like what give me an example know. it could be something like calling me lazy God, you're lazy. Oh, and, it, and it, or, it, it digs deep. It hits you, right? Yeah, and it could be something as simple as like not doing some handyman work around my house like myself <laughs> or not cleaning like something that like say bird poop hits like a um, yeah. a light post yeah. and he goes, this is, look at this thing. God, yeah. you're lazy. Yeah. He doesn't mean it like uh, trying to like break my soul. Right, right. But it's like, but you I just let like it sit there. <laughs> I, I go, damn, I could be doing better. I could be doing more. Maybe I've just walked past this thing so many times that I stopped noticing that it looks crappy. Like clean the bird poop, bro. Like it's yeah. not hard. It's, it's not, not hard. hard. But so it takes a little Lysol. And, and it's like, like yeah, he goes, where's the little bottle of spray? And you spray yeah, A little multi-purpose Lysol, he bro. He goes, let it sit there and then yeah. just it. Shit like it. dissolves <laughs> right. right on contact, I'm bro. I'm like, God damn. I know, man. I should be doing more. I should be better. Um, because I miss stuff that isn't important to my brain. And that's just part of how my brain works. And that's just a me thing, you right. know. But sometimes you need the people around you who see the world around you meaning myself in this case, mm. in a different way than I see the world. And then they bring their perspective to it and open your eyes to stuff that's right in front of you mm. that you're just not seeing because you either have chosen not to block it out or it's become mundane. And say my brain only looks for the thrills. Everything that's not thrilling gets blurred out, dimmed away. and, and Yeah, empty trash like, bin. Yeah, like 98% like of my life <laughs> is know. that. Yeah. 
the ADD thing, right? Yeah. You have ADD, right? I believe I do, yeah. Right. But yet, you seem to, it doesn't seem to affect you. Like, I don't know how far in the spectrum you are. I don't either, and that's but, a great question. Because it doesn't seem like it, it seems almost like a superpower to you. Like, there was another rapper, what's his name? What's that guy's name who was real open about him having ADD? His name's uh, Lucas something. Joiner Lucas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <gasps> bro. I didn't know that the, he was open about it like yeah, that. Yeah, very much so. And I think he has ADHD, which I, is... I think that really there's only one diagnosis anymore. I think the ADD thing's out the door. Oh. Now it's just called ADHD. ADHD, Adult okay. hyperactive um, attention. Disorder, right? Deficit disorder. Deficit disorder, which ADHD. would be like ADHDDD yeah. or something like that. But still, the point is... Yeah, so basically like... Mm -hmm. They kind of got rid of the um, hyperactiveness. It was more found in kids, and it's still there. And adults, they just don't act on it in the same kind of way that kids do. But yeah, ADD, I think there are things about it. Because if you were to go down a laundry list of all the characteristics of things that affect ADD, like not being able to sleep, having big time lapses, not understanding how long things take, you know, like you, you misjudge time completely. Um, you sort of miss a lot of mundane stuff. Um, attention, obviously, is easy to like lose focus yeah well because the reason i bring it up is i noticed when we went to go get water yeah and I, uh -huh. it was almost immediate like we went to get water and then as soon as we started walking back i was telling you about the destination fear girl right yeah that i really like yeah on the travel channel right one of those paranormal shows right investigation right. shows and in the middle of me saying oh yeah and she's from minnesota and you were like is that where they broadcast from is that the kids right. and, and you're like what about there and like your brain and I said, it's, can i film this yeah right here yeah but we went to go see jojo right and i could just tell like you get real like it's almost like a kid in, right. a, in a toy store where it's like right. what's that what's that do why right. why does it do it why does that light go on right and it's cool because i'm used to you doing that it's not like i take it like oh he's being rude it's just like i know your brain it doesn't stay on one thing if it's not what what did you say compelling or it's oh, i use the word stimulating stimulating if it's not stimulating enough i i yeah yeah i'm only trying you're to on to the next stimulation yeah, yeah. you're so on like, to the next that's the thing that like i feel like i've lived a lot i've lived a lot of life i've i've had a lot of experiences and yeah my brain works in a really weird way you have to make a million or a 10,000 miniature little decisions in a small amount of time. And that's kind of how my, my brain goes. Like it gets very bored very easily. It can be a little tricky to maintain relationships with, you know, bo both male and female, like in my case, romantic relationship with females, because if I'm not highly stimulated, a lot of the time they feel like they're being boring, like mentally stimulated, mentally not stimulated. sexually, right? Yeah. Not sexually. Um, right. But I do feel like there's probably like a higher satisfaction mm -hmm. with sexual stimulation because it is so highly stimulating that it's like it can I wouldn't say like an addiction, but I could say like it just seems more than like, let's say the average person. Like you may want to be having sex or, you know, interact with sexual activities more often mm -hmm. because it's more stimulating. Right. It's a stimulating activity. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, too, but the point you bring up is right. the stimulation thing. It's right. And I was going to build on that is. When you meet someone, you're in a romantic relationship with a woman, right? In our case, with a woman. When I've had really deep conversations with them, and then you have sex, passionate sex, right. it's a whole different it echelon it is. of sexual activity. It is. Because you're like literally on each other's like frequency. Yo, that's the dream. Right? I want that. Yeah. That's and I've dream. had that a couple of times in my life. But Me too. One night stands don't bring that. No, they, they don't. don't and the thing is like, like once you have experienced you know let's say maximum overload of of experiences and opportunities and different adventures and all that stuff right mm -hmm. of all sorts yeah like 
even that stuff loses stimulation. Mm. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm like looking for and dreaming for. That right there that you're describing yeah. is that real passionate, magical. Passionate like that's, deep. that's the ultimate. Yeah. The Have ultimate. you ever had that? Yeah, I've had it. Okay. I've had it. Um, and I love it. There's yeah. nothing like it. But you're single now. I'm single. I'm single too. Yeah, I'm single. And I'm content with it, bro. I'll be honest. Uh, Me too. I'm not in any hurry to have any kids. Honestly, I can't imagine. And this isn't just like, you know, I talk a lot of shit about myself. I I make fun of myself. I'm a giraffe. I'm this (laughs) and that. I'm Gargamel. I'm Gallagher. You know, I'm Dale from King of the Hill, but Mexican. All that stuff. (laughs) But like, I've, you know, I've had some really beautiful relationships and beautiful girls, beautiful women. And I look back. And I'm like, man, I can't imagine if they were still with me because I wake up to myself every morning and I annoy the shit out of myself. Like everything I do annoys myself. Like right. even this podcast, when I'm editing, editing it, I'm going to edit it down because I can't stand when I ramble on for too long. No, I'm right. I'm, I'm right there. I understand. Right. I do that to myself. We're very, we can be very highly critical. Yeah. Um, but Two things. One of the reasons that you and I clicked so well, I think, is um, you're highly stimulating to me, and you understand me. So that combo is great. There are people that are highly stimulating, and they just don't understand my brain, or they take it personally, and it's not personal. If I do, and I apologize for like that stuff in the hallway, it's almost like oh no, it's almost like a, a brain that's like. A little rewired incorrectly. Well, your brain so is like, changing the channel every few seconds. It is. That's what your brain is so doing. So if you understand it, you know, yeah. like, it's not anything personal against you. No, I need no. to, like, try to work no. on it. But, like, it's really hard if the brain's, like, doing it. But also, like, so it's you understanding me, which means the world. And then also just, like, we, you know, being stimulated. Yeah. But with a relationship mm-hmm. and you and maybe myself, <laughs> not like that. I'm saying your relationships and mine. No, I hear One you. thing about us yeah. is, like, when we date, I would rather be single than settle. I would rather be single than be with the wrong person. I've been with the wrong person. I've been with many of the wrong person. I've been with the right people too. And it makes a world of difference. It makes you a whole different person with with the wrong person versus with the right person. I don't want to settle. And also like at this point, I know for me, like I have set sort of like bare minimums and then also standards and sort of like, kind of goals for what I'm looking like and what I'm looking for in a relationship uh, as you may as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously goes beyond sexual, goes beyond uh physical. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to settle. I'd rather be single than be with the wrong person and also kind of where I'm at in life. I don't know if this is the same for you, but like mm. I get bored easily. I get bored so easily that yeah, I, I need to be thrilled. I need to be stimulated and I need someone like going who somewhere. Can also understand me right. because I live a very untraditional life. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. It's, it's, it takes a while to even explain my life. Well, I mean, you're a DJ, you're an entertainer, bro. And you're, you're also a studio producer, which I also want to get into your, your splice studios mm-hmm. thing because, uh, well, the amount of money and attention to detail that went into your studio Man. spot, but let's just quickly, uh, just wrap up the 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 relationship piece of yeah. the of the conversation is for me it's it's just waking up every day i would i can't the reason i say this is i just can't imagine <laughs> i can't imagine having a woman who does care about me have to wake up next to me every day and deal with my shit because 
it's a lot. Like you said, you you live in an, an unorthodox type of lifestyle. It's not traditional. Yeah. You know, you, you go to bed when you want. You wake up when you want. You travel the world all the time. You're going to Hawaii every other weekend <laughs> to DJ it. this and that. You know, you, you do a lot. And the other thing is, for me... Not only can I not, I can't imagine uh, subjecting a woman to have to deal with me, even though she may love me and all that stuff. That's all great. But like you said, I don't want her to get bored of me. I don't want her to get tired of me. And the other thing is, I hate when I get into a relationship and it's all roses and, you know, lily pads and everything's all hunky dory and there's springtime music in the background and everything's there's fireworks. But eventually they go from being my girlfriend to my manager. Yeah. I have to like check in with them. Where are you? Why didn't you respond? Da, 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 da. You feel like they're yeah, nagging. It's or just something. like, you know, but then if I do that to them, hey, why would you take you an hour to respond to my text? And it's a one word answer. Yeah. And then it's, I'm too possessive. I'm too controlling. And it's like, well, wait a minute. And, you know, it's just, it's too much now. And everything, dating is now, everything's on screens. Yep. It's just, I tried it, you know, and I went on a few dates on Hinge, Bumble. That's ah, great. But, it's just not, there's no real connection where right. you meet someone organically right. at a Whole Foods, speaking of organically, mm-hmm. or like, you know, whatever, a restaurant or a party you DJing, what have you. Then there's that that chemistry, you know what I mean? It's like you, that body language, the pheromones, all that shit is not on a swipe left, swipe right screen. It just yeah. doesn't go down like that. That's why I just gave it up, bro. I'm just like, you know what? I'm content with being alone, solo-matic. I'm good. Yeah, I mean... Uh, the the conversation could go any direction, um, and the the truth is, if we're looking for real love and and you know um, connection, mm-hmm. we would probably I would think we'd want to go to people who have that, who right. have found that, and how they do it, and really deep dive, because. Just like you're worried about her having to deal with everything with you waking up, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a damn good chance you're going to have to deal with waking up and dealing with her That's stuff. That's true. And it, is it like, do we all have the patience for yeah. a combination yeah. of your stuff and yeah. my stuff? And yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing is, if we get older, we get used to a certain, I don't want to call it freedom, but it's sort of like- That's exactly where I was going. sort of like, yeah. That's exactly where I was going, bro. You're right. Like, I'm not the the perfect guy to ask about- relationship advice because it's just too real i'm gonna be way too real because the things that i've seen over the course of of the however long of just being here and djing too when you dj some of the stuff that i've djed and you see the stuff behind the scenes Mm -hmm. it is insane and it's uh it warps your brain man like it's a real it's a real brain warping thing for a long time and it's just compounds it's like it's war, warp what's that one steve aoki bloody beat oh yeah warp 1.9 was that what it's yeah, called yeah great song yeah no there we go but yeah no i mean the thing is like you start to see a lot of stuff and yeah i don't want to be a downer because i want i i aspire for love and really like harmony yeah and great great relationships simpatico relationship yeah I just don't know. They're, they're, I, it's not realistic. I don't think it's going to be realistic for that to be the case 24 hours a day for a year and then five and 10 and 20. I don't know if that's the case. So yeah, I don't see it. You just have to like be real about it, no. but I don't know. I don't want to say, man. It's well, just, finish that thought. The thought was how much you're willing to take, how far that right. you're willing to, what your boundaries are, and, and if that's really it. Like, yeah. I don't want to. Well, know. it's true. It all comes down to 
what level of craziness are you willing to deal with? Yeah, that's a way to put it. That's how it is. Because yeah. you, you have to find somebody who has can match your craziness right. and you can match theirs. That's how it was with, you know, yeah. like we could we we would argue, we'd fight and argue all day long, but then we had really good times together because we knew how to like read each other. And you know, but again, I was young, younger. This is what I hear all the time. Go ahead. Good relationships, man. Mike, they're going to take compromise. It's going to take work. And I'm like, okay, cool. No problem with that. But like, how much work are we talking? (laughs) Because, you know, between everything that we're all doing already, you're a busy guy. Yep. I'm a busy guy. We're doing a lot of work in many different realms. All the time. So like jumping into like another let's say another is it a full-time job like no one really can give the amount of work it takes it takes compromise it takes work well this once you start giving stuff up and giving more sacrificing and doing all that okay that's cool and then are these people actually as happy or happier right all the time and are they is it being reciprocated back that's the other thing. There's there's a lot back. of take, 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 me, 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 me. But the world is dynamic. It means it's always changing. It's always moving. Ebb and there's flow. Times, yeah. Right. There's times where you're you're doing more. There might be times they're doing more. But I don't know. I haven't found a compatible partner yet where everything is in harmony right. yet. Me neither, bro. And I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. And, and to, say, too. to say the freedom part, I like waking up. And knowing I can do whatever the fuck I want. Me too. Go go anywhere I Dude, want. I don't have to tell priceless. anybody. It's Yo, great. That is priceless. It's one of the greatest feelings in the world, it's bro. Priceless. And I, I don't knock people who have families. I commend no, people I, that are my age that have two or three kids of their right. own. They're married. That's fine. Right. But you have to sacrifice you do. your own thing in order to make the family work. I'm not willing to sacrifice shit anymore. Like I'm I'm willing to sacrifice maybe skipping a meal because I have to finish you know, this you know promo or some shit. Is, it's it's crazy how many people will act a certain way in front of the family, in front of like their their friends and then when you're alone with them they come put their their arm around your shoulder and go, "Let me break it down here." <laughs> You need to hear how it really is because, bro, you know? Yeah, bro. I wish I had every The like, arm well, around you, the yeah, shoulder. They go, they go man, yeah, what man. you got going on, yeah. the, the people you're with, the, 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 yeah. man, like, I'm living through you. Yeah, bro, vicariously like, through you, Splice. And, hey, Splice, but the don't get is, married, and bro. Then they, in front of the family, <laughs> yeah. not my family, I'm saying in, in front of their family. Any of the of, homies, in front right. Of like, you right. know, in front of the public. Yeah. Um, it's an act. It's it's different. Yeah. I don't know. It's well, just, I know that they love their family. Yes, I know that I the love is love there. every part. But, of but it. yeah, because you have to sacrifice yourself. You have to sacrifice that. Like the, the when they say it's no longer about you now. There's no joke in that. When you have kids, it's literally like you're you're in the trash bin now, and you're just ready waiting to be emptied because it's no longer yeah. about you, which scares me. But. You know what we know, what I know, and you know, is this conversation is very like trigger warning because there's a lot of people that are gonna hate every part of every thought that we're having. Well, and that's just like they're just not gonna like it. Like they just don't. And it, I, I hear I, you. Most of these conversations I've had with other people mm. don't end well, man. Hey, and, man. And but even if I'm saying it yeah. just in the nicest way, it's just. It's it's like it's as a, if it's you're saying a, the worst thing ever. It's a sense that you can be a convict for this. And but you definitely you know, don't want to say it in front of your friends, girlfriends. Yeah. I mean, I've done that a lot where like, I, you know, we're all hanging out. They'll ask me questions. I'll right. give honest answers. Why aren't you married, Splice? And then suddenly <laughs> those girls are like, I don't want you hanging out with them anymore. Right. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not allowed to have an opinion that they don't like because they're scared that if this gentleman that they're dating gets influenced, right. he's going to be like, oh. Yeah. You're, yeah, because he's guilty by affiliation now. Right. 
I know, bro. I get it. That's why I'm not. I'm not tripping. I'm not knocking people who are married and have Me kids. Neither. I'm not. I think it's a great I thing. That. I, I want the kids and I want the wife. I, I want the family. I want it with the right person. Right. Exactly. And you're willing to sacrifice what yes. you have to to have Absolutely. to obtain that happiness Absolutely. or that you know that relationship status. Absolutely. I feel you on that. And that's where with I'm the right person. But it's it's not a knock. Again, it's if people listen to this and they don't like it, well, that's just too damn bad because we're just taught we're just having a conversation also, two dudes we both do live uh, untraditional absolutely sort of lives which is a huge 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 factor yeah you know yeah you our, travel our lifestyle our schedule yeah. the people that we interact with it's just different than a more traditional thing Absolutely. And it's a different generation we're living in now, bro. Everything right. is totally different. It's different. Family is still obtainable. And I marvel at high school sweethearts. Do you want never... a family? Do you want kids and a, and a wife? Or You know, I've always ha- I had this conversation with my mom before she passed. And she, she, and she, she was, was amazing. Thank you. You know, she cooked for me. Oh, yeah. The tacos, she was bro. amazing. Couldn't, you couldn't fade those tacos. She could have sold those things and became yeah. like a, a multimillionaire. Yeah. Um, but when it came to my mom asking me, like, do you ever want to have kids, Christian? Mijo, do you ever want to have kids? And I, I would say, yeah, but not really. Because, well, for one, I couldn't, like, like I told you earlier, I couldn't imagine a woman having to wake up to me every, I can't imagine another version of me running around. I was, like, I was a lunatic when I was a kid. Right. I just can't imagine having to deal with a version of me, whether it's female or male, or in between. Another human that is of my blood and DNA and whoever else is that I mated with. And then it turns out that this kid is just as fucking nuts as I was. Yep. And then I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? I've created I, a monster that just, nobody wants to. I, I, yeah, <laughs> Slim Shady. No, I mean, yeah. bro, it could be the most beautiful thing ever. It could be the most beautiful human ever. Yeah. Uh, it's also, you know, <laughs> likely it would be a teamwork thing with yeah. you and your partner. You know, if you have a wife, then it would be the two of you. It wouldn't be fully yeah, on I'm your just, You know what shoulders. I just like? I'm just meh yeah. now on it. I'm meh yeah, on everything. Me too. That's the weird thing. Like my life, yeah. it's a weird thing. But, you know, I'll, I'll say in one breath, yo, the passion and the love is still there. And it is. But yes, on the other hand, um, to be thrilled at this point is really difficult. Like it's, it's, it's nice to talk about it with you because what do you do when you get to the point where... Nothing is really thrilling anymore. Like almost nothing. That's when is you that do thrilling. drugs. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's I, what I used to I do. I definitely see a yeah. lot of it. Oh yeah, I do see a lot of it. Yeah, and I commend you on not taking part in it, bro. Yeah, but I've never you know, I've never done drugs. Never smoked weed. Never anything else. You never smoked weed. Never smoked weed. You've definitely been contact high around me though. Contact bro. high. Yeah. Very, 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 very likely. <laughs> yeah, bro. No, very likely. God I've been damn it. Snoop Dogg. A lot. That's I've crazy. Been a bunch of I thought you smoked weed before. You've never, never smoked, smoked weed. weed. No, no, no. But yeah, no. I, I I do see a lot of drugs, but um, never. Yeah, you just don't it. have an addictive personality, bro. Or I do, and I'm scared that if I start trying it, I will love it. Well, I that's the know. thing. Yeah, you, you know, do that's love the other it. side of it. Maybe I do have an addictive personality, and I know. I think you're addicted to other things, bro. I like think so you're too. not addicted to yeah. actual substances, I think but so too. You're, you're addicted to uh, wise up. <laughs> I like that one right there. That's so good and so subtle and so <laughs> true. Right there. That right there. That's the ticket. Figure it out. That's the ticket. It's wise up backwards. Easter egg in the wise up. Yeah, yeah. Little wise up backwards situation, sketchuation. There it is. All right, let's move on, and then we're gonna wrap this up, Splice, because we're already way over an hour here. Um, In regards to Splice Studios, which you just recently, not too, not too many years ago, created, you moved 
from uh, Lake Balboa, right? Yeah, that's a- right. And you moved to Woodland Hills, is mm-hmm. that correct? Absolutely right. And um, and obviously, we're going to give you your address or anything, even though you have like a shit ton of people over all the time, and I'm always worried about that. But yeah, hey, man, that's your place. That's your you're, you're grown ass man. However, the Splice Studios compound, the headquarters that you've created, yeah, I mean, it is one of the most immaculate production studios. I've ever seen in someone's house. And you and I went to Billy Ray Cyrus's yeah, house before, bro. Right. Okay. <laughs> Your studio is nicer than his. Man, and I'm no knock on Billy. Thank you. No, 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 no. knock this on Billy. This is years ago. This is when you were still in Lake Ball. But the amount of attention to detail and the financial cost of the fucking thing, bro. Yeah. I mean, how, how, okay. how long did it take? To make that studio? It took a couple months. And the reason it took a couple months instead of much, much, much longer is I sort of, well, not sort of, I got in touch with what I think is one of the world's best studio creators, engineers, builders, Rob Retberg. He is amazing, right? He's done mega studios around the world. And when I got his number and called him and he... You know, I found out that he was maybe four or five exits away from me in LA, maybe like eight minutes. He was super excited. He came over that day, right away. Fifteen minutes later, he's at the he's at the the place. And the part of the reason I moved and bought this house mm-hmm. and got this compound place was because of the studio potential and the studio space right. and what had already been there, which is above the garage, right? Yeah, it is exactly yeah. right. So that studio space was there. So when he came over and. We talked about the vision. I had basically been living in a different house and that home I really didn't go crazy on. I didn't spend money on. I knew I was going to be moving. It was just if and when I found the right place, mm. that is where I'm going to build what I wanted to build was, was my like your dream studio. Dream right. studio. Right. Like I, I wanted everything to go into this studio. And that meant everything. It meant time, energy, resources, money, whatever it took to build my dream studio in a way that it was like, if you build it, they will come. And it was like a Mm. studio that I want to, I almost want to live in there. I want to be in there all the time. I want to get inspired. I want to get motivated. I want this, this place to be more than just a studio, like the magic. It's an experience. I want want it. Yeah. To be an experience. And we have the fire pit and outdoor furniture and rooftop stuff, rooftop patio. We have, you know, everything that you need in that studio. Right. And he came in and did the most spectacular jobs of creating like an acoustically treated room where anywhere you are in the room it is spectacular i know it's all acoustically perfect and i cared a lot about making sure it looked the way i had imagined in my head it looks like a spaceship and and it it does and he said first let's worry about the sound because it is at the end of the day a recording studio i need everything to be balanced to be perfect like the bass traps to be able to absorb the right amount of frequencies for us to diffuse the sound to a certain way and have these what he calls clouds panels yes. hanging from the ceiling yeah. the way he hung everything the distance down he hung it everything was done with lasers wow. and and calculations and then we got busy with design and the design was you know the white studio desk which is the brand we're using right. the speakers where they're placed how high they're placed the subwoofer that's in the room the microphone placement the basically the the materials of everything um and yeah the way that the the TVs and, and my dad you know wouldn't stop telling me I need a projector and this oh, this yeah. projector has changed <laughs> yes. everything I mean and bro it's like, I don't know why I was being stubborn because he was like because you are stubborn <laughs> he is such a visionary and he like I said he can see you know how some people can go into an empty room and see what it will end up looking like mm-hmm. I'm not that guy mm. I just have to go into a room that's done and be like damn this is gorgeous so it took a team of people to really help bring it to life yeah but it has changed my life. It's insane to watch the... I mean, we had a record that was made there 
it's at close to 15 million streams right now. Which record? It was, it's called uh, Guisado. G-U-I-S-O is the song Who's on the Spotify. Artist? Uh, Luis Eric Enriquez. Wow. Uh, there's a Jay Silva, Rob right. Contreras, and one other gentleman. Go ahead. Google it up. Tony Aguirre. And Tony Aguirre. Tony Aguirre. <laughs> Shout Tony out Aguirre. to Tone. Anyways, uh, Steve, we did a Steve Aoki record. Oh. There, um, we did the vocals for a Steve Aoki record uh-huh. there that's out. That, Has Steve that, been there? Aoki? Steve's not been there. Mm. But, but you're I, friends with Steve. I am. Yeah, I'm friends with him. It'd be Has cool he ever caked you? No, he's never caked me. Maybe mm. that'll come one day. I mean, my birthday's hopefully coming not up. in the my studio. My birthday's coming up. And, no, hopefully not in the studio. <laughs> my, my birthday's coming up, and yeah. he has a show in L.A., so that might be oh, nice. a funny one. Yeah, I remember you took me to Vegas. You introduced me to him. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on a shit ton of Adderall, but it was great. You. It was yeah, a good no, time. Yeah, no, I mean, he's he's incredible, <laughs> and uh, just about every time I'm in Vegas, I go hang with him, and we've yeah. been to, to Omnia with him, Hakkasan a couple times. Um, epic nights, actually. I think the Tyson Fury, the night Tyson Fury won that... That heavyweight fight. Yeah, bro. I was in the DJ booth, and he was in the DJ. It was just cool. So they, they used some of my footage in his uh, little like recap video. Really? So that was cool, yeah. Steve Aoki and you, how did you guys meet? We met through DJing, I, I mean, maybe what feels like 15 to maybe longer Almost years ago. 20 years ago. 15 and 20 years, yeah, wow. something like that. And I remember we did a party, a Halloween party. It was Benji and Joel Madden. One of them was dating Hillary Duff, and she was hosting. Steve Aoki played, and then I went on at around midnight. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to push my my set back a little bit, maybe thirty minutes, because one of the Madden brothers' flights was running late or something. So that was like that was it. That was like the Maddens, and then Steve Aoki, and then I played, and we've known each other ever since. And I used to attend as many the banana, banana splits with AM and Steve Aoki that oh, I could. Wow. Um, you know, we've known each other for a very long time, and he's yeah, given me some like, really nice compliments on my scratching, which yeah. like you know he's giving me advice about about DJing and shows and all that stuff. Have you ever wanted to collab with him? I would love to. Act, yeah. yeah, yeah. But let me guess. Yeah. You don't ask. I don't ask. No, I don't. <laughs> that's. I. I think that's. I don't know. I have. That might You're be a very problem. Reserved. I, yeah, I've bro. almost never asked people for anything in this whole time. It's. It's. Why? It's Why do you think that is? I don't want to bother people. I don't want to make them feel pressured. I don't want to. I don't like the awkwardness, the cringiness of if they don't want to do it, but they don't know how to say no. And maybe that's because sometimes I don't know how to say no, or I don't want to be asked to do things I don't want to do, and. And I just don't want to be that guy. I feel like a lot of people feel comfortable and, and they trust me because I'm not out for anything from anyone. Right, you don't want anything from I really anybody. I don't. I haven't ever... One thing about me is at this point, like I don't really need to interact with people or be around people I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Same here, bro. That's one of the, the, the most powerful things about being older. Yeah, man. I can tell you're a lot more comfortable now, Splice. Yeah. And you know, it brings me back to the beginning of the podcast before we wrap up. There's so many things I want to still unpack with you. I'm going to have to invite you to come back, bro. Yeah. Are you down with that? Yeah. Because there's so much deeper conversation Yo. that we can still have, bro. But I'm glad that you you came in here. You, you were willing to do it. I was a little reluctant to ask early on because again i wanted to create a structure just like i, I waited for big to come on the pa- yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. till episode 10 he I wanted like, to come I on earlier and i was all bro. yeah thank you uh, me too so 10 yeah episode boy. 10 he was like why i wanted to jump on earlier but i was like hey man you deserve to be on like towards the end because you're big boy and and not only that but i wanted to create like a structure to the show that i knew what i was doing instead of just kind of just oh i know big boy i can bring him on and he's like my you know my grand finale 
when it's just the beginning of the podcast. So it just it made me feel a little like like you, like I didn't want to ask, but I'm like, there's no way I cannot not ask. Man. I have, and even if he would have said no, bro, no, I would never be no, able to not say you. no to you, bro. Well, I mean, not you. No. I know you would have said yeah, but I mean, with Big, if yeah. he, even, even if he would have like, he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and he's, he's, he's a, a celebrity. Like, dude. He has a star. Yeah. And he I, has a star. Exactly. That's another reason why Jesus. I was like, do you really want to? Do you really want to ask Big? But I was like, dude, it, the whole reason this podcast exists is because of Big Boy, bro. He's a if, living legend. It, yeah, if I didn't know him, I wouldn't be in radio. Or maybe I would have gotten into radio later, but I wouldn't be in LA. You know, it wouldn't be the same Sketchomatic. Sketchomatic wouldn't even exist. It's crazy how one person can dynamically change the future of somebody just by knowing them. It's crazy. And it's not just me. He's changed the lives of of countless people, bro, just by his mere existence. It's fucking crazy. We're in the same building no. right now no. where he... We're in the same building as a lot of living legends, yeah, bro. Like but yeah, it, Big it, is here. This place is... Yeah. It's man, crazy. It's an honor to be in this building. Yeah. How many people have been through here? How many legends have... Yeah, I didn't know if I should bring the cookies. I don't want to get in trouble because it's so nice. This no, place no, is so not. nice. I yeah. was like, No, these wow. cookies are mine, bro. No, I mean, you gave me a tour today <laughs> oh, yeah. of this place. <sighs> yeah, I've given you many tours, bro. You've been know, here before. And, and you know, let's go back to this, though. When you first came up here, you said... Uh, you said like you were nervous, right? Yes, you were for nervous. Sure. I get nervous all the time still. Even when I have to edit a podcast, I get nervous because I want it to be good and it right. takes me out of my comfort zone. Right. Right? You getting nervous coming onto the podcast, but now I can tell you warmed up, right? Like now Big I can time. tell you're just totally you're in the flow. I wish you started it right now. No, it's okay, you know? bro. It's okay. Whew. But do you still get nervous DJing? No, not really. Really? No, not really. It's weird. It's different. I I don't you know, um, do as many talking engagements. Like oh. I told my sister today, I was I was nervous, mm. and she's like, "Why?" And I was like, You're "Like it's sketch." I want no, it's <laughs> not you. I want to be interesting enough. I want it to be compelling enough. I know the amount of competition there is in the in the social media space and the podcast space. I know the competition, and so I understand that like it's it's hard to compete, and it's sort of that pressure of like, "Am I good enough?" Literally, like in the car coming here thinking. Am I good enough? Is it going to be interesting enough? Are my stories going to be compelling enough? All that stuff I'm going to worry about. Now with DJing, for the most part, unless it's a splice show, for the most part, these events and stuff that I DJ, I'm playing other people's music. And my comfortability playing other people's music, I mean, like, it's gotten to the point where there are times where I'll DJ on stage for, let's say, 9,000 people at an event that I didn't even know I was doing other than, I knew I was doing it, I didn't know who it was for. So I would get flown to a city and they push me on stage and say, okay, it's Go. this and I op- they open the doors type thing and it's like okay wow but that doesn't make me nervous because you that's thrive just, in that yeah you thrive. That's, that's not a nervous yeah. kind of thing for me um, interesting not so much with the, the getting nervous but I'm, getting nervous on the podcast because it's a talking engagement it, and you sound great bro well, thank you but it's about being good enough it's about listeners gaining something from it right. not wanting to tune out and saying damn I connect with this guy I understand where he's coming from or I wonder why he said that that way that is what I'm worried about like so it's it's more overthinking my problem is you're an overthinker right I am too bro I am too but I've learned how to just kind of give it the shrug emoji which I hate by the way I hate that fucking shrug emoji but I've taken on that persona of just going fuck it I don't know and then also like that what Stern says all the time and he's 20 million plus fucking audience a day Right. No yes. Wow. And I mean, he even says it's insane. He'll go, oh, da, da, da. Where's where's the clip, guys? What's the wrong? Ah, who cares? Wow. He'll just go, who cares? Because nobody he's like, nobody cares, even though he, they do care. Him saying who cares made me feel 
so much more comfortable and just going, fuck it. Who cares? It's a podcast. People listen. Yes, people in other countries listen. But am I worried about every little thing as I was at the beginning? Not anymore, bro. It's just, it's a lot of work and it's it's a stream of consciousness and edification and just being real. I wanted to get inside Splice's mind and just get a behind the scenes look of who Michael Eisner, Michael Eisner, aka Splice is. You know what I mean? Like as a human being, how he was raised, his parents. We all know Splice from social media. We've all seen you uh, traveling the world with the girls, you know, on stage, a Catalina wine mixer (laughs) and the helicopter rides. You know, my God, bro. There's so so many many. layers, bro. And I, 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 it's almost like, you know, endless amounts of layers. We can go as deep, you know, not now, but I'm saying one day we can go as deep as you want because there's the surface level and there's level two and three and four and five. And I know them all and I can I can go as yeah, deep you're as you onion, want. Yeah, you're an onion, bro. It's just a wild thing. Yeah, the social media stuff is, it's... it's but that's your brand. It's a that's brand. a brand. You know I mean? See, that's now different. I'm talking to Michael Eisner, totally. aka Splice. And but, I thought about that on the way. Do yeah. I come here as Michael mm-hmm. or do I come here as Splice? Both. Do I come here, yeah, and I thought like, what's the difference? Like, I mean, I'm me, but like... There's a persona that's an Instagram persona, but that's not the real me all the time. Right. A photo or video, a little moment isn't isn't the depth of a human and what a 24-hour period, you know, of my life is like. That's very well said. I wish you did get a little more personal on your post, bro. I wish you didn't always have to make it about the brand, about Splice. It could just be about Michael Eisner and about about what you do. That You know, like, you know how they do those TikTok videos where it's like a day in the life. And you're, you're like, I woke Man. up, da, 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 da. And then you narrate it and you edit it down to like a three-minute you know video. Crazy is like, if you ask me any day in my life for the last, you know, however long, yeah. like it's been nonstop for the last week. Every single day yeah. has been nonstop until like two, three, four in the morning. Yeah, I know. That's Literally when you go to nonstop. bed. That's when you go to, you go to bed at like six o'clock sometimes in the morning, I bro. Do. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I do. And it's, it's like, I mean, I could just, I, if I, I don't, I don't want to bore you, but I'm saying like, no, literally I wake up, and I thought there was a 3 p.m. studio session because the people that booked the studio booked it on the East Coast for 3 p.m. When they book the studio at 3 p.m., it shows up. No, it shows oh, up, in my case, at, at 3 p.m. Uh, on the website right. and through my we- emails. Right. So, but at 12 noon, and I'm you know puffy-eyed <laughs> and just waking up in my pajamas, there's a, a doorbell ring for a studio session at 12 noon because... Him and the whole team were told that it's at 12 noon. So when they booked it at 3 p.m., they booked it 3 p.m. thinking East Coast time. So I poke my head out and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, (laughs) you know, brush my teeth, wash my face, no time for the water to even get hot, put on some clothes, walk out there and start a recording session. No coffee. From, yeah, literally no coffee from just waking up, like instantly waking up to a doorbell to like, we just turn on Zoom. There's four people on a Zoom all ready to go. Damn. All revved up. And I'm like, and, and, it's and from there That's the your day life. didn't yeah from there the day didn't stop you yeah. know that one that session ended and then it was boom 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 let's talk real quick about the traveling and the corporations you've DJed for sure from the social media and obviously to your earlier years as a DJ uh, you did a lot of clubs you did a lot of celebrity parties and stuff which are are pretty massive but in terms of traveling to other countries to DJ places right. you've never been before right. right? And then going to a venue that you've never been before. You don't know any of the people there except for the person that maybe, you know, it's Julian R. that rolled uh-huh. with you or, oh, right? Shout out yeah. to Julian R. Yeah, sir. Um, 
Christian R, Michael Basic, all the Splice crew and shit. Uh, Crazy Chris, of course. Oh you know. man, the uh, legend. Yeah, all these guys. Crazy Chris. The, these are the people you surround yourself with, He's and, an they're, icon. and they're, yeah. Crazy Chris is an icon. Steve Aoki's a videographer. Can we say that yeah, without sure, blowing sure. out his for cover? Sure, for sure. And Tyga. And Tyga's videographer. Right. Sure. I mean, this guy is yeah. just—he's—he's ne- he's like from the future. He Crazy is. Chris, he's, this it's, guy. It's absolutely insane. I know. Um, tell me the most standout of all the places you've traveled around the world to DJ. And I know you've yeah. traveled to Egypt to go on like vacation and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and you just to go see it because you are Egyptian, right? I am half Egyptian. Right. Half Egyptian. My mom, yeah, is right. Egyptian. That's so, right. but co- going to a, just a totally new country, yeah. never been there before. Whether you took Julian R or not, mm-hmm. you go, you DJ at a venue, right? Uh, who was your manager, Tony? What's Tony his? Evans. Tony yeah. Evans, he of did course, some managing, right? Me, yeah, right. So you get booked, you go out, but which of all the places? The most memorable, the most standout, like, oh corporate. my God, corporate or just, you know, wherever. It doesn't matter. Well, different ones for different reasons. Okay. So let's keep corporate separate and then, sure. and then, ju- um, but just out of the DJing, a club venue. I would say, um, let's say corporate. Okay. Let's okay. say I, I did a, I did a corporate event, St. Moritz in the Swiss Alps. Wow. And the event was way up high at a you know Michelin restaurant in the Swiss Alps. crazy altitude crazy altitude you had to take obviously like I think it was like the car service to like it's not a gondola or it's some kind of like train system and it, we could google what it's called but it's like a train system that like pulls you re- relay thing you know all the way up oh like a skyline like yeah a, like a skyline right. but it's not like the kind you don't like it's it's almost like a thing. it's almost like a, the uh, Matterhorn at Disneyland you know that thing that takes you through the mountain Kinda that's like on that. a wire but that, it goes that. up it's that. right yeah it's yeah, that. yeah I know exactly what you're that about. so yeah, yeah. we go way up high into this like deep 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 in the Swiss Alps and I remember being in Switzerland and I remember um, it was nighttime. And they had this dinner service and this place specialized in truffle. So everyone was getting truffle, you know, <laughs> on top of everything. It was just insane. <laughs> and then pricey. they had a firework show, mm-hmm. which was really crazy and epic. So everyone's at the window of this place looking out and it's the wintertime. So it's just ice, you know, snow, everything it just couldn't be more gorgeous. Right. And it looks like a, like a Hallmark card. It looks like a Hallmark <laughs> card. And you're seeing a firework show and the glow of the fireworks on the snow and the mountains and just taking up that whole, you know, yeah. scenery was insane. And then they had skiers with torches that came down the mountain to like music. That That's was like playing. Olympic shit, right it there. It was like Olympic <laughs> stuff. And then, yeah, they lit the logo of the company oh on my fire. God. That is all set up. What? And then after those moments, it was like turn to the DJ, and it was like, and DJ hit it in three, two, one, boom. Wow. And then now we're partying the Swiss Alps at full speed, full full energy, like crazy after the fireworks show and these skiers and everything was just insane. And then this. You know, just party just goes. How uh, did the people only speak? Uh, what is it? Would they switch? No, be- did, yeah, Swedish. Yeah. No. Well, the thing is this: the party that I did, everyone that was there had flown in for this from America. Yeah, from wow. around the world. Wow. From around the world. That's A lot of the events great. that I do, yeah, are in different places around the world, and the people that go are flown in or fly, fly in from around the Interesting. world. Interesting. So. That one, that was one was insane. it. Yeah. yeah, the oh. corporate stuff, man. I've been DJing corporate stuff for a long time. What are some of the corporate names? Starbucks, Google, right. Facebook, Verizon, Microsoft, HBO, Nike, Starbucks, Gucci, Adidas, um, Diesel. You even DJed for Trump. 
Remember I that? Have. I've DJed, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Damn, that's I crazy. I remember you were a little times. weary about posting that. Times. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I remember you're like, I was done... like, dude, fucking post it. You're DJing for the fucking president. Who, no matter who it is, it doesn't I did, matter. I did an event earlier this year already. We're only in the you know beginning of the year oh, between I between us uh, between really us between and all us. twelve people listening. <laughs> I did an event. Yeah. I did an event this earlier in this year. For Biden, no, had sent you know he'd sent in something. He yeah. was a part of it. Really. Yeah. That's crazy. It was in Puerto Rico. The governor of oh, Puerto Rico came wow. and spoke. Biden wow. had some words and sent in something. Um, but he wasn't there. Biden wasn't, wasn't there. there. But he, he, he sent it, he a video sent it in. in. Yeah, it was like a video Interesting. feed or something. Damn. Um, That's so dope, dude. Yeah, so I've done stuff with the presidents, with the Secret Service, with all the clearance stuff. What? With They've given me little, like, uh, you know, like gifts, you know. Like White House stuff? White House stuff. Really? Yeah. Like a pin? Uh, you got like a little it, flag pin? I don't know. I can't remember all of it. I know they gave me M&Ms, <laughs> presidential M&Ms. Yo. <laughs> what? Yo, they give you- They, they give have you presidential M&Ms? Yeah, this they, is dude, wild. They have a bunch of stuff, yeah. What kind of, what, what were they? What what flavor? What, I think what was it? they're red, white, and blue. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I didn't think even know can, those existed. Yo, they're, they're, they exist. You can look on uh, eBay, and I think they have them. Damn. And if that you is come dope. over, I still have them. I don't, you haven't I, eaten I them? No, I didn't eat them. I just have them. Ah, oh, bro. You probably got to put those in a frame or some shit, dog. Can't eat them anymore. Yeah. That's those things are the, too the, old. The presidential stuff I've done, and I'm, I'm, I don't post, you're right. I'm not posting too much about it. I post more behind the scenes of it, but not showing it. Right. You know what I mean? Why do you think that is? Um... I'm not a political guy and it's the posts aren't really meant to um, be polarizing for people. It's just more, I'm, I want to share a little cause I'm sort of proud of like how this DJ thing started as a hobby and I've DJed events with presidents and stuff like that was a dream. And so it's more just like a little for myself, a little selfish. Like this is, it gives me butterflies still that like it's gotten to a bigger level, even though I'm still that kid that loves it all and I've done a lot of stuff like that's really why I'm like damn like this is crazy I'll post a picture with like let's say the whole White House press junket mm-hmm. behind me damn. but not in front I don't show like in front it's just a picture of me with ev- all all the cameras facing right, right. like the uh-huh. president uh huh that's fucking dope, dude. I, I mean, have that's, all the footage. I have all the pictures, but I just don't post them. They're just a lot of stuff's in my phone. That that's what I'm saying. Like, like what, 1% how, of my stuff gets posted. What you maybe. said about polarizing, it's political. But you can also, in the caption, describe it how you just described it to me. The way you just said that on this podcast, saying, I've, I'm DJing for presidents, and this whole thing started as a hobby. That's see, what it is. It, it, but you see, it has nothing to do with but politics or who's in of office. comments that you get right, of right. like, it just, I wouldn't DJ no, that. It makes me sick. I can't look at this unfall. And I'm like, damn, like, it's... Yeah, it's, but I guarantee you this, Splice, that if any of those trolls that, that commented that, if they were offered the, offer, <laughs> yeah, offered the right? same opportunity as yeah. you did, no matter who's Bro. sitting in office, they'd go DJ. Because, dude, it's the White House. It's the president. You could hate that president in office to to the bone but you still got to take the gig it's just how it is i mean you got to make money you got to eat and if you're getting an opportunity to do something on such a high political level on a political stage rather then there's no reason why you should feel like it's you know i get what you're saying about the comments and how people are going to hate no matter what but hey man it's it's on a different echelon of djing there isn't many djs in fact i can't name one dj other than you that I know that's DJed at the White House. 
Other than maybe DJ AM, I think he DJed there once when he was was still with us. But I mean, come on, bro. Well, mine, mine are not at the White House. Mine are events oh. that I'm doing. I'll tell you, still, this. I'm doing events for certain things, right? And mm-hmm. they always have guests, yeah. and so the guests are always different and always like the presidents are some of the guests. Mm-hmm. So really, it's not like I'm going out of my way to DJ, you know particularly for one side or right, a president. Right. It's more like for one I'm party. an event right. and at almost any of the events that I do, guests come. That's it. And so that's just part of it. Yeah. Like it's, and to me, it doesn't really, you know, for the most part, it doesn't matter who's coming. It's right. like whoever the People guest is. People just want to hear I, music. Right. Yeah, like, whether I'm you're there de- to do my part. Right. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, liberal, independent, you still have ears and you still like music. Right. That's all there is to it. And everything else needs to be put aside. Those days, I'm not bringing any of the, yeah. like, you know, the, the extra stuff into it. For yeah. me, it's like I'm there to do my part yeah. and whatever my personal beliefs are, it, like, I'm, I'm there to do my part. Yeah. And, and you it. always do. You show up. You show up all the time, man. I want to give it my best. Yeah. And that's that's it. And I appreciate you showing up here early always. today. today. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Because uh, when you showed up here early today... And you called. I just missed your call. I was excited. I was like, okay, great, great. He's here. Yo, I didn't want to be, a, you know what's funny is I didn't want to be a burden. I was like, all right, should I just wait till the agreed time or, or do I call you and just tell you? you no, know, like, that's great. I, I almost felt like I don't want to, because sometimes if people come to the studio and I'm not quite ready yeah. and they go, hey, we're, you know, I've had that where people are like 40 minutes early. Yeah. And I'm like, again, like there I am in my pajamas, <laughs> like, wait, we're supposed to start at 1 p.m. It's 1220. Yeah. And they're like ready. They they show up. I've been practicing. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, right. I need a little time here. So but you, you don't want to like, you know, what's so dope about your house, about the Splice Studios compound that you have now? Um, it's not just the studio. It's right. the entire house. Right, like right. the whole house is very sleek and modern. Everything's wired in together. There's speakers in the in the ceiling. There's lights that change colors. Right. I mean, it's like uh, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like Virgin Airlines, except in a house. Right. Like you remember how Virgin Airlines yes. when they were around? Remember like how you get I only went on one flight, yeah. Virgin. Yeah. It was like a club. Yeah. It's like you had the pink purple lighting, it dimmed down you it was the first airline that required you to use the screen in front of you on the seat behind the seat in front of you, right? To order to yeah. order and pay for stuff. Right. You couldn't pay with cash. That's you right. had to use your card. card ordered drinks. Yeah. They were the first to do that. Yeah. I was like, yo, th- but just the vibe alone. They should have DJ. They should have kept that on there. Shout out to Michael Basic and also shout to Crazy Chris on this and of course course julian um but i know michael basic helped sort of um you know make the whole place the connectivity to make everything work together all the different lights and the whole every system in that house there's a lot of security measures too i thought you're gonna say virgin i was like what no but michael basic (laughs) helped like put everything together that's so it works yeah it's a pretty it's butter bro yeah the the system on that house is insane and and crazy chris was like bro this whole house has the studio vibe it does every part of the house has the studio vibe so it's you know all the doors can be open at all times so that way you have three different sets of like double wide doors that are all opening up that go in and out it's like an in and out flow but you also have the separation of the studio Mm. when you want that right the seclusion of the studio right. which matches the rest of the house with the projector that has all the astronauts or like yeah. space or whatever and that's your dad that was your dad's idea yeah, i mean it was fucking genius bro it's it's actually it, it puts the icing on the studio splice studio cake he told me to get a green screen for like two years and eventually bought i think himself one and then gave it to me or maybe that was his plan the whole time uh, because yeah. he knew I just wasn't going to do it. He's like, I'm, and now I've been doing green screen videos yeah. on my on my Instagram yeah. and he's like, 
See? I've been telling you for how many years. Better listen like, to dad. Yeah, but, 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 yeah. but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know what the thing is? He reverse psychology your ass, bro. He bought it for himself and then gave it to you, but he kind of bought it for himself. Did you see it when he bought it for himself or, you, or did he already oh. have it set up? Uh, I can't remember. I, I think I saw it. Yeah, on the floor. And I'm like, what's this? Like, oh, a green screen I bought for myself because I, I needed it for something. And then he goes, you know. Just take it. Yeah, take I'm it. Done Try it. it out. Yeah. Right. And then next thing I know, is, you loved it. I'm like, yo, I'm already doing. It's brilliant, bro. It's really. It's it, for those listening that have no idea what we're talking about, what it, what it looks like. Follow at Splice Studios, S P L Y C E Studios, all one word, S P L Y C E Studios, and that's Splice's production. Um, is it production studio? It is. It's, it's a production kind of studio. studio yeah. Musical, acoustics, everything, DJs, everything's ready for vocals and all that. It's one of the most immaculate studios in Southern California Thank in you. someone's home. I appreciate I, it. Hands that. down, bro. It's wild. Uh, it's it's completely above it's preposterously fucking sleek, bro. It makes me and this is why I don't want you to come over to my apartment because I oh, live I across can come the over street. Anytime. I realize that the entire property I live because I live in a duplex. Bro. I live or I live in a very small five unit duplex type setting. I live in a studio apartment. It's about the size of a shoebox, right? But I looked at the whole... When I was leaving my apartment today, and I, I looked back at it to make sure the gate was closed, I was like, damn, Splice's house is as big as this entire property. That's what I realized. It's probably bro, bigger. The thing is this. You are crushing it. You're in L.A. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm you broke. Have, bro, we're all broke. In L.A., we all feel That's broke. True. And I would never even think twice about spending time with you anywhere in the world. And I mean it. It, it doesn't matter where we are. Uh, I hear you. Yeah. No, and as I've, long as you're Every time I've been to your right? place, I felt yeah. comfortable. I felt at home. I've loved it. I've been around your family. Yeah, I've no, been around, I know. We, we even, I know. We were on your family at uh, Disneyland. Oh, that's right. With my sister yeah, Ariana bro. and my niece, we, we, yeah, yeah. But that—that's come and go from your place. It's just like, the the bro. apartment that I live in. It's just so small, and I love it. It's very comfy. But it's just to me, I'm just like, man. I think about your place, and I'm like, you know. And it's not that I'm I'm trying to compare, but it's more no. of just like a, damn. I I wish I could afford my own house. Yeah, you know what I mean. I wish I could just have like, or just afford my own apartment, like to buy it. For me, renting is just easier because when you own something, you, the upkeep is expensive. Oh my goodness! It's, you know, you got to pay for your garden, you got to pay for the fucking the maintenance, you got to pay for the mortgage, you got to pay for this, and it's just, Water, da, da, da. power, gas, insurance, no. taxes, no. obviously your mortgage. Yep, and Jay Silva's meals. <laughs> it, it, internet. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yo, we going to Sugarfish after this yeah. or what? Oh fuck! Good DoorDash again. <laughs> God damn, Silva, put out a track, man. Oh, Jesus. All right. Splice at Splice Studios, S-P-L-Y-C-E Studios on Instagram. And of course, at Splice, S-P-L-Y-C-E, just the artist, a musician, and great friend of mine alone, at Splice on Instagram. Follow him and check out his studios if you're looking to book a studio in the Los Angeles area. Well, there's no other place to go except Splice Studios. I'll tell you that much right now. DJ motherfucking Splice. Yeah. Michael Eisner. Michael Eisner. My friend, my brother, my confidant. Man, I appreciate you so much for coming on to the Sketch O Show podcast, and I would like to invite you back at some point again. That warms my heart. I'm a huge fan of you. I love you. You're amazing. You're incredible. You. You're you're insane at what you do, and I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness. I really mean it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Man. So... Thank you. Man. I appreciate it so much, man. And uh, get some food now because I'm hungry as a hostage over here. <laughs>
<laughs> Love. Oh, good for you. And how was it? The Sketchomatic Show. Hey, too much information and shit, man. Shut your mouth, SA. Okay, bye. Every day you wake up and you're practicing and you're trying to be creative. You're terrific and congratulations. Good luck, thank man. You, you don't need you, it. You've got you. everything. Thank DJ you. Splice, he's sensational.